Well, a lot of show today. Harlan Williams is in studio, brings it. Tons of comedy. Dolph Lundgren is in studio. Shows a side you've never seen of the man. We do the news and we do all that right after this. Hey, everybody. Good news. We're doing the Comedy Fantasy Camp again. Jay Leno's going to be there. I'm going to be there. John Lovitz is going to be there. Caroline Ray is going to be there. Many, many other big comedians are going to be there. February 29th through March 3rd. Tickets are going to go fast, and it's all going to culminate at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. So come and join us at the Comedy Fantasy Camp and work with the pros. Get your tickets at ComedyFantasyCamp.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California. This is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Harlan Williams and Dolph Lundgren. Plus, we'll do the news and trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, he must break you. Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. The choice is going to mandate you get it on. Feeling good because Harlan Williams is uh, in the studio. Thanks, bud. We I got break so you. much to get into. Yeah, and then do. Dolph Lundgren's coming in. Wow, the Dolpher? Yeah. I call him the Dolphin. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. He loves that. He approaches yeah. his acting with porpoise. <laughs> Whoa, that's a Harlan. Oh, you just that's a Harlan joke. Right in a blowhole. I want wow. I, I want I want everyone's experiences in this room. That includes Chris and yours and yeah. and Dawson as well. Um I okay, I noticed something is happening. I took a I took a Southwest flight to Vegas uh, last week on oh, yeah. Thursday. You right? got to out of LA. You got to. Normally, you'd never take Southwest, but for L.A. to, it's like th- 20 minutes. I took Southwest back from Colorado. I take Southwest everywhere. Dude. Well, I have lowish self-esteem, and which I think surprises people, which always means they think I'm a dick. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not into my own comfort that much. Like, I can sit in a Southwest flight for two hours. It, it doesn't bother me. I come from a place where that was considered sort of luxury. Wow. My, my upbringing. That having a, just the temperature, not being too hot or too cold, was a big deal. I grew up either freezing or burning up in every house I ever lived in in the Valley. Last so, year we flew Spirit from Philadelphia. I flew a Legion from, from Vegas, which is Spirit, yeah. essentially. From the seats don't recline, blah, blah, blah. I... Why don't you just get the Wright Brothers like cardboard wings that <laughs> yes. they initially made and I, just do like, that? What are you nuts? It's not really? about. It's also about not being pestered. Obviously, you're a recognizable celebrity figure. People say hi. I never care. 
I say hi after every show. I don't it's care. not the hi, it's when people, and not that I don't like people, when they, 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 they try to engage in a longer conversation and it gets very awkward. You're trying to eat your peanuts I, or your pretzels. I, I don't care. Whatever wow. the cheapest, most direct flight is, I'll, I'll usually take it. Now, so Southwest. But let me ask you guys. This is what I'm asking. Yes. My theory that that was borne out during COVID is airlines and all businesses want to get rid of everything all the time, but they don't want to get yelled at, right? So during COVID, I noticed that there were no more lemons or limes or anything on commercial flights. I, I'd be, if I did sit in first class, I'd order vodka soda with a lemon and they'd go, yeah, yeah. we don't have lemons. And they got rid of, everything was just COVID. So it was like, it was like me saying, Let's see. It'd be like you saying to your woman, because of COVID, I no longer take out the trash or eat pussy. Yeah. Just shit you didn't want to do, but you just blame it on COVID. Are they the same thing sometimes? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to keep going. So what the airlines did is they go, well, it cost us X amount a year to cut up a bunch of lemons and limes and who the fuck, that's just more shit. So we'll just say COVID and we'll get rid of it. Yeah. And that's what I noticed. And I, like I said, famously, two years into COVID, when I ordered a drink on a flight and I said, where's the lemon? And the woman went, we don't have lemon because of COVID. And yeah. I said, what's lemon have to do with COVID? And she said, I don't know. And she just <laughs> turned around and walked, walked away. She doesn't right. fucking know. By the way. If you're going to be a cheap-ass airline and you're going to get rid of citrus because of COVID, right. arm your flight attendants with a reasonable excuse. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just give them something and go, you know what? Our distributor in Florida, the crop is bad because they couldn't find enough work uh, workers to, to pick the crop. Come up with something other than, yeah, I got nothing. Well, Fuck how off. about you get, you're getting rid of the citrus. Whenever you get sick or the flu, they see, say drink lots of citrus. So why and, not get rid of the booze and just serve lemonade? And they use lemons as like a sanitizer, too. Right, like right. they'll give you a rag yeah. and it'll have a little lemon zest in it. That, yeah. So they're getting rid of the one thing that has benefits. Vitamin C. Right. Right. It smells good. I'm going to make an argument for citrus as it pertains to COVID, but you yeah. eliminate. All right. Now, here's the new ruse. Oh, God. This is the big one. Yeah. The last four or five times I have flown out of Burbank to Vegas, when you get on the plane, the pilot makes the announcement. Well, you're still loading onto the plane. We hit some bumps on the way out of Vegas. It was a little rough. It was a little rough coming out of it. We, then they go, we have a very short 38-minute flight. And they go, I'm going to go ahead and cancel the beverage service yeah. because it was a little bumpy coming out. And there's some bumps out there. The last fucking fight, no bumps, just glass, just nothing. <laughs> just flying out, level out, no bumps. Poor Mike August has to sit next to me because I keep yelling, where are the bumps? Where are the bumps? I'm up right into Vegas, zero bumps. They want to get rid of the fucking beverage service. They don't want to tell you we're getting rid of the beverage service because we're cheap and it's worked into the price of your ticket. So they just go a little bit bumpy on the way out for the safety of yeah. the crew. I'm going to ask them to be. And by the way, it's great for your flight attendant because no more pushing a fucking tram and trolley right. up and down the thing, yeah. arguing with people. You know, Mike August, he gets a. He gets a suicide. He or, he always orders an orange juice and a cranberry juice and then makes them mix it. No more of that, dickhead. No more yeah. work for them. They just sit. 
It'd just be like it'd be like if I was a roofer. Yeah. And and and, and my, I just announced, you know, it was a little bit choppy driving in today. I'm just going to yeah. sit down. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. going up on the roof, <laughs> yeah. not shingling today, not hanging drywall. It was a little bit choppy yeah. on the drive over, so I'm just going to sit down on this jump seat yeah. and not fucking do my job. This is every it's happened 5 times in a row and it's never been choppy. Yeah. And it's always the same amount. You're going from fucking Vegas to Burbank. When did the chop start? Well, there's something going on and they're canceling the beverage. Let me break it down for you. I saw a thing recently where it was some airline thing where they announced just by not putting black olives in a little sandwich box or in the meal thing, each airline saving like 300 million a year or some ridiculous number yes so if you factor in that the the staff aboard the the you know the stewardesses or the flight attendants don't serve um drinks for let's say even 30 percent of all flights yes think of the savings in terms of all the stuff they hand out in terms of everything that's what i'm saying yeah they're always looking for you know, they're, they're, no, I was okay, on a plane are. the other day that only had f- four tires, and there should have been eight. Really? Yeah, Always. Yeah, yeah, I no, saw, well, you know we saw are. the other four as we were taking <laughs> off, sitting on the side. <laughs> they're they're an F one team that yeah. is trying to shave hundreds of a second off of a lap. You know what I mean? Like F one, they don't go like we're gonna we're gonna go out and set you know sieves on the pole. Uh, let's go out and go on the lap. They don't go, we're going to shave 10 seconds off this thing. They're going to shave milliseconds. But, but it works. But it keeps shaving and shaving, shaving. and tweaking. Well, this I, can't be a coincidence, right? Well, I'm not making this up. No, there you're is gonna no show, You're going to show up at it. Southwestern in three years from now, and you're like, I'd like a ticket to uh, you know New York from L.A., and they're just going to say, yeah, walk. That'll yeah. be $700. That's right. That's right. They'll give you a, you know, a napkin, and you'll walk. But... They've been doing that for a long time. You know they do that with the speed of the plane, right? Ah. So if they yeah. if they go, let's say they go 400 miles an hour to Miami from L.A., mm-hmm. but then they decide to go 420 miles an hour to L.A., that costs them way more in fuel. That's why sometimes, you know, when your flight's late, mm-hmm. you're supposed to leave at 12, but yeah. you leave at 1230, and they go, yeah. we'll make the time up in the air. Yeah. Well, they just put the pedal on the metal... Yeah, they could fly way faster everywhere if they wanted to, but they fly slower to to save fuel. I get it. It's a, it's a yeah. business. I'm just saying this has become a ruse now right. because yeah. there is no chop. There is no turbulence on any of these flights, and they keep announcing I've, it now. I've seen this happen uh, multiple times as well. And my conspiracy theory is it's not the airline; it's the crew. Mm. I don't think Southwest sent out a mass email saying, "Hey." We got to stop serving drinks. This is what you'll say. Have the pilot say this. I think it's uh, the crew going, hey, this is a quick flight. I hate having to serve drinks and rush through this thing. Yeah. Can you just make this announcement? Yeah. And, and by, by, the way, way, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, you owe me a coat. Wow. <laughs> How, first off, who's going to argue with chop? It's not definable. I can't kick open the cockpit yeah. door and go, how choppy are we talking about? Because I'm fucking thirsty. What's going on? What do you mean a little choppy? It's always a little choppy flying out of the desert. You cannot leave yeah. Vegas and not have a little chop. How much chop are we talking about? So much chop that you can't get a beverage. They know it's not definable, yeah. so they can just say it yeah. every single time. Yeah. Any chop will do. And then what happened to the chop? We didn't experience anything. 
And if there's no chop, then I should get $8 back. But here's the other thing. How many flights have you been on where it's been extremely choppy and these seasoned flight attendants are just walking around like it's a day in the park? Like I've been on flights where it's literally people are almost leaving and the the flight attendants are so used to it. They know how to grade chop on their own because they've been through every Mm -hmm. level of chop. And they'll just be walking around still. It isn't until the pilot forces them to sit down. Mm. But here's the other kicker, man, that drives me nuts. Mm. Well, before I get to that, the other thing is, though, how do they save money, though, Mm. whether they serve 300 drinks on one flight or six drinks on another? They've already paid for the cans and bottles of beverages. Well, they'll just not not serve it on the way out, and then on the way back, they don't have to refurbish and reload the drinks. They'll just use the one that I should have been drinking on the way out, or not at all. Go there and back, and just leave the cans of Coke on the plane for so the next So what you're flight. saying is they have to pay for the Cokes, and then by not serving them, they're saving on giving away free Cokes. Yes. Okay. Wait, you're not able to do that math? Well, it just it seems to me that you can, All right, let's you put can, it to you this you can way. never catch up to that, <laughs> right? No, what I'm saying is is let's just say you gave out what your favorite what do you like Count Chocula tricks? <laughs> yeah, What's your Count bre- Chocula, yeah. Count Chocula, that's yeah. your weapon of choice. Yeah. So what if he said, "Look, every time you buy a ticket to Harlan Williams stand-up show, yeah. you get a free bowl of Count Chocula." Right. Right. And so you had to supply the Count so Chocula. they're paying for the Count. They're paying yeah, for the Coke. You know, they pay for the ticket. Obviously, they pay $9, yeah. Yeah, $12, yeah. whatever you're worth for the tickets. But then you got to back out the Count Chocula. Yeah. Right? And then you started getting up on stage going, you know, it was a little bit choppy on the ride over. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to risk the Count Chocula here. So no, there'll be no, we'll discontinue the Count Chocula service at the show tonight. Well, that's just more inventory for you to give away on the next concert. That's why I only do diabetics only shows. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, I don't oh, let sugar people in my it. crowd. Yeah. You're smart. But here's the other kicker guy. Mm. I uh I don't want to know the weather conditions. Right? Before you take off the guy could go, ladies and gentlemen, we're on our way to New York and uh, we're gonna be experiencing some uh, chop for the first uh, twenty minutes. We're gonna go through some really rough air and then we're gonna level off and it's like mm. Don't get me panicked and worried. Yeah. Let the chop happen. Let it's it like happen. you said, it's suspect. It happens or it doesn't. Yes. Don't get me terrified before we've even left off that the first 20, 30 minutes of my flight is going to be hell flight. I feel the same way. Like, when shut I... up. I don't need to know how I'm... cold it is in the air. I don't need to know what elevation. If a house looks like an ant, if I feel like an ant and I'm looking down, I know we're, we're <laughs> in the air. You don't need to tell me I'm 30,000 feet up. You don't need to tell me the weather. You don't need to just shut up. I feel the same way about yeah. them when they have to draw blood to test it. You know what I mean? It's oh, very yeah. unnerving. I'd rather them just come in while I was asleep and well, just you know, hit me. You know? I'm a fainter. Oh, you are? So when I go and give blood, I go through a whole song and dance. I pretend, really? pretend you're my nurse. Say, hello, Mr. Williams. We're going to take your blood today. Hello, Mr. Williams. We're going to take your blood today. Oh, sorry. It was a little bit choppy on the drive into the hospital, so okay, we may you're not mixing, be... You're mixing them up. Not, you're mixing doing. them up. Stop okay. at the chop. Okay. All okay. Right. Just go, go hello, again. Mr. Williams, we're going to draw a little blood for you today. Just a routine Okay, test. here's what we're going to do. I'm a fainter. I, I don't want to see the blood. I don't want to hear you talk about the blood. I don't want 
you to show me afterwards. I don't want you to tell oh. me how it's going. While you're giving the blood, funny, I'm going to lay on we the- had a pussy in, I mean, uh, sorry, a fainter <laughs> in, uh, earlier this week. It was a girl yeah. who was nine who'd been severely <laughs> scarred. Believe me. Uh, terror, night terrors. But anyway, yes, I, I yes, don't Mr. like to Adele. admit this, but then I, I lay down. I, I said, I'm going to put my baseball hat over my face. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm probably not going to wait for the answer. I have to keep talking to keep my brain busy uh-huh. so that I don't think about the blood. So mm-hmm. literally when I get blood, uh-huh. I'm laying there. I go, Did you see the new Godzilla movie last right. night? And you try to answer. Well, it was really good. I mean, I don't know if you like Godzilla, but he's a big green monster. Did you like Godzilla? Well, Rodan my dad never... got a new car the other day. Like that. This is exactly what I do. Right. I have to distract myself or I'm out. Mm, mm. And would you be requiring a lollipop after this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's helps. what we gave to the nine-year-old girl yeah, with special needs. Yeah, field hockey dress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay. Wait, you've never fainted? No. You look like you do a lot. No, I don't. I mean, look at you. I don't swoon. <laughs> Dude, you faint. No. You probably One have... time when I saw... Here we go. I saw... <sighs> okay. Yeah. One I time... Knew it. I knew it. One time. I mean, there's a dent in your head. You have to have fainted. <laughs> one time, I was at a Pier 1, and I saw Lance Bass. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. fucking hit the floor pretty yeah, hard. But yeah, that's, that'll was do during, it. He was more popular yeah. back then, and I was less. Oh, you know, you've never fainted in your life. No, why should I faint? Well, when you lose blood, a lot of people faint. I talked to my doctor. He said more men faint than women. Yeah, he's it's just weird. he's trying to be kind. He was trying to placate <laughs> you know? me. Yeah, he was he was plate dating you. I will I will faint if, if I lose you. too much blood at the dentist. You're I will go lose, down. You're not losing too much blood. It's a psychological thing. I don't know what it is, but daddy it's psychological. Be daddy be going to sleep like a crawdad well, at the bottom special, of the bayou. Maybe you need a special helmet. Maybe I do. God, maybe I just got to get rid of all my blood. Sometimes you see those kids that have yeah. you know, issues. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they wear a helmet. Yeah, I grew up with that. I had a sister who had to wear a helmet. Really? Yeah. Why? She would have severe seizures. She, ah. she would just be like standing uh-huh. there talking. And out of nowhere, her eyes would roll back in uh-huh. her head and she would just go down. So you're telling her a joke? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And no kidding, she had to wear a hockey helmet All for right. about does four she, years. Does she still have the helmet? No, for she she we found they found this medicine and they were able to stop this. But it was terrifying. But did she throw man. the helmet away? I mean, maybe you could ask her. The for helmet it. was kicking around in our basement for years. Maybe it was you down should in retrieve the, it. Maybe I should wear it. Yeah, go to the dentist. <laughs> Dude, it was terrifying. You'd just be talking to her, just boom, just like back oh, backwards. It was horrible. I would blame yeah. myself. Yeah, I'd be like, I, bl- this, I blame you. If this story was a little more sister. interesting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she probably wouldn't go down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would turn it on myself, Harlan. Yeah, That's yeah. just me. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I get it. I you got to fear you played a role in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs> but it was so weird to see your sister. Like, and oh, we're Canadian, so it sort of fit. Like, yeah. you, you know, you'd, you'd wake up and there's your sister at the table with a legit, like a CCM hockey oh, helmet on. Oh. <laughs> Like a real legit like hockey. It was a hockey helmet because where else do you yeah. in the seventies? Where do you get a helmet? They don't have feigning helmets, right? So they she just had hockey helmets. She and she didn't have the face guard, but mm. just just the the helmet, and it was mm-hmm. a white helmet, and mm. it was just like so bizarre. But I heard if you were in the league before nineteen seventy nine, you didn't have to wear the helmet, right? Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny. We'd be sitting at dinner, and a puck would fly in and hit her in the face. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, the organist in the background yeah. every time. She she faded. 
I right. love her though, my little sister. It was Most, she, luckily she 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 came out of that phase. Oh, it was good. it was about four years. It was terrifying. And I noticed since we're talking about uh, picadillos here, what's a picadillo? Isn't that an orchestra instrument? Oh, it's that. Uh, he plays the picadillo. Didn't Kenny G play that? Oh, it's a piccolo. Oh well. You, you say uh, tomato, I, I say tomato. Uh, you say uh, picadillo, I say you, piccolo. Uh, a glass to use before you came in. <laughs> Here today. we go. Here we go. I you, knew he wouldn't let it go. You refused to use one of our glasses. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that about you. Well, it it's would... a germ thing, right? Yeah. He brought in a, a plastic bottle of iced tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys didn't want the label on it, which I get. So they said, hey, pour it into one of our coffee mugs. No, well, we've all we've all was. been to the coffee room at the office building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those coffee mugs have more stains than Barry Manilow's underwear. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the, the skid marks in a coffee mug are sometimes bumpier <laughs> than the skid marks you, in Barry Manilow's underwear. I said you could use a glass and you could clean it yourself if you wanted. Yeah, but it's like all I'm picturing is thousands and thousands of Adam Carolla staff lips and your lips <laughs> and who knows what's been on but your lips. Like I look at your lips right now and i can see like <laughs> captain crunch and a little bit of, did you have a pork chop last night yeah i did yeah see i don't want that in my system guy is there a connection between the fainting and the glass <laughs> you know what i mean in terms of just the wiring that no. maybe it's a little subpar no, the fainting comes from the the sucking of blood out of your system we're the only creatures that do that you don't see a zebra go well i better go give some blood today you know, yeah. of course I'm in a faint. We weren't meant to have our innards sucked out in a nice, comfy lounge setting. But what I'm saying is, is it's a psychological thing. Most, yeah. most people don't have that. Well, it's we, not about blood loss. It's, <laughs> it's, psych, it's a psychological thing. <laughs> do you want to hear something funny? Yeah. My sister wore the, wore the hockey helmet. Mm-hmm. When we were kids, we used to have, in Canada, we had the milk. You know, you, you have the milk at dinner. Uh-huh. And I would get the milk, and I would p- always pour the. I would pour a little bit in her glass mm-hmm. before I poured it into mine. Mm. And my parents were like, "Why do you do that?" And I go, "Because the scum floats to the top of the milk." Oh, and so my, my sister would go, "Har!" Like I'd pour the. Like she I'd a pour this. <laughs> no, my name's Harlan. She called oh, me Har. Okay. She go Har. Like she'd get all mad at me. Yeah. Because I'd always give her the. I'd pour the top of the milk into her cup, oh, and she and my and then I'd yeah. never drink the bottom of the milk mm-hmm. in my own glass because uh-huh. that's where the scum sinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'd only drink the middle of the milk. The middle of the milk. Yeah. yeah. That's for real. Maybe so, I needed the helmet. There's things, I don't know. You know, going yeah. on with you, Harlan, that <laughs> yeah. have run a little deeper than yeah. just yeah. that isolated things that we're well, talking about. Well, wait a minute. About, we got know? the middle of the milk. We mm-hmm. got the 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 scud the skid marks in the coffee cup. That's two things and fainting. That's three. I'm saying. What do you got going on there, it's, triple it's, threat, it's, Johnny? It speaks to a wiring. <laughs> yeah. That you know maybe suspect. That's all I'm saying. So I think, well, wait, my That's doctor it. said it's calm, more common for guys to faint. And yeah. everyone's, have you fainted? I've never fainted. No one's ever fainted. Okay, just he my was trying to make you feel good about your situation. My fainting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've never, you, you don't have any little quirks where you're like a little bit like germaphobe or there's something you don't do in the bathroom <clears throat> or you won't 
You stand up shitting. I uh, no, I I eat stuff off the floor and Good you know, that God. kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, he take the top of your milk happily. Yeah, you're the yeah. guy that flies in economy. Yeah, yeah. you don't give a crap about I don't anything. Give a shit. That's right. I'll do anything. There's got to be something. You must have some quirky eating habit where you're in public. You don't want to touch the fork or you won't ladle the soup out of there. There's got to be something. No, I don't have anything. People, I realize, still think I'm a weirdo, but they think I'm a weirdo by modern standards because I don't do anything. You know, people go, I don't use shampoo. I don't really use soap. You know, I don't wash my hands. Here we go. Okay, suddenly I'm not the freak in the room. You don't don't do what? Look, you don't shampoo your hair? No. I wonder it looks like a sea urchin. What the fuck are you doing? During COVID, I didn't wipe anything down. I shook everyone's hand. I will go out. And shake hands and take pictures with 80 fans after a show and then walk back to the green room and grab a handful of cashews without washing my hands. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah. Here's the thing. I used to get sick three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. And I started going, why? Why am I getting the cold and the flu three or four mm-hmm. times a year? I did reach. It turns out when you shake hands, most of the bacteria from flu or cold is transferred through a handshake. You touch yeah. your eyes, nose, or mouth, you got it. Right. I stopped doing it. I started doing the fist pump t- I did, 20 uh, years ago. I never get the just flu. Just got and- done doing six shows, shook everyone's hand. Yeah, you're good. Gonna- then I don't wash my hands when I go back. Yeah, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. But what do you mean? Let's get back to your hair, bro. Mm. You never wash your hair. Not with shampoo. What I do rinse. you wash it with? I just rinse off. You don't need shampoo. You can just rinse. You can rinse yourself. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's all cooked up by Lever and Procter and Gamble and all the. Listen, there's but see, a- now we're talking about your wiring because ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people listening washed their right. hair. When My- was the last time you washed your hair with shampoo? Yeah, and, no, and- with dog food. Of course, you- with shampoo. Uh, sorry, you're right. That was dumb. If you. Gave me a bottle of shampoo, and my birthday's coming up in May, Harlan, so I'm just kind of sitting the table. I can see the pert already. If you get me a bottle of shampoo for my birthday. I will. A regular-sized bottle of shampoo, um, I will get five to ten years' use out of it. Because I will never use it. When was the last time? Never. Come on. I, d- you I don't want to need sniff shampoo. your head right now. Okay. You Can I sniff your head? Yes, you may. You don't need... <laughs> I'm getting up and sniffing his head. You don't need Come shampoo. <laughs> you don't hold need on, it. Hold on, Listen. That's, that's, hold on. That's like a Cracker Barrel. Yes. Dinner number four. <laughs> yeah. Meatloaf. I, and you a little bit of gravy. Out. But mm-hmm. it fucking smelled good. Can I lick your hair? Yes. All right. Now listen to me. <laughs> Listen, it's like that wallpaper at Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You lick his hair and you live forever. Yeah, everybody, just listen to me for a second. First off, we just got done with COVID. Everything they said was incorrect. Yeah. They And they tried to force you into, use all the stuff, wipe all the stuff down, do all the stuff, that, that, put the mask on, do it. None of it worked. All right. I Okay. Here's what people need to understand about how our society works. I just had this discussion with a concerned woman. Okay. She found a vape pen and was concerned with the teenage daughter's son. Okay. Okay. Then I said, what was the vape? I don't know that much. Was it a tobacco? Is like a nicotine vape pen or was it pot? 
And then she said, I hope it's pot. And I said, why? And she said, because the vaping, it's so bad for you. The, the tobacco was so bad. I've had this conversation with way more than one woman. And I said, there's nothing. It's just water vapor and nicotine. Where you want, you want the kid hooked on nicotine? I said, what's the difference between caffeine and nicotine? You have two cups of coffee every fucking day. It's a stimulant. It's not bad for you. What's bad for you is the smoke part of it. And she goes, I've seen a million stories. First things first, we're nuts. We'd rather fucking teenagers be high than take something that's inert into their body. But they, they, then she said to me, how come there's so many tests and how many, so many studies about how bad? And I said, these are the people that say 55,000 people die of secondhand smoke every year. You want to know who dies of secondhand smoke? Nobody. You don't think they fucking lie about everything to get you to stop doing something or start doing something? AIDS is an equal opportunity killer. It'll take a heterosexual. No, it won't. It kills gays. You're turning red. Jesus fucking Christ, everybody. They make shit up. They force it up the ass of dumb women, and then they impose it on everybody. That's you how it works. That's how the sham. Works. Red. That's how all the Purell works. That's how all this shit works. That's how it works. I don't Adam, pray to it. I don't red. listen. Your I'm skin angry. is red. You I'm look like Satan with dirty hair. Go through life this okay, way. Right. Like there's one like, yeah, but it's so bad. For it. Like what's bad? The water vapor or the nicotine? What what's the bad part? They do these whole fucking campaigns and they make up this shit like oh he's gonna he's gonna get furlong from it or something. Yeah, but nothing comes out the other end. Remember, yeah. oh, twenty percent of people who get COVID are gonna have long term damage of their No it don't. No, they don't. They lie. Yeah. They fucking lie. They've been saying fifty five thousand Americans die of secondhand smoke for thirty years. Nobody dies of secondhand yeah. smoke. That's well, how the it fire, works. Firemen, they lie. Firemen do. Okay, but they lie. Yeah. They lie all the fucking time and it's yeah. to get you to do shit they want you yeah. to do yeah yeah okay i used to pass a billboard on the way to love like fifty five thousand americans i said to dr drew does anybody die of second hand said never treat it never heard of it do you know anybody yeah no they lie yeah and it affects people and then they become little foot soldiers in the retarded army and then I have to have arguments with them. That's how life works. We're all like that. When I go shopping for groceries, it is such a guilt-ridden thing because all I hear in my head is cholesterol this, high blood sugar that, mm -hmm. fat content this, diet this, sugar that, you know, yeah. cancer this. It's, it's like going to the buy groceries is one of the most stress-filled gauntlets you can ever run because... Oh, there's some nice cold cuts. And your hand's halfway. You're, oh, wait, leukemia. You pull your hand back. <laughs> That's right. Oh, there's some nice juicy hot dogs. Oh, wait, rectal cancer. Oh, oh, there's some eggs. Oh, cholesterol. Like, it's I go in and I leave with nothing. All right. Well, you do you do get the Count Chocula. I get the Count Chocula. And I'm going to buy a bottle of shampoo next time I'm there. For, for me. My little for buddy. my birthday. My little buddy, yeah. My little buddy. I, I went into Harlan's Dude, you turned red. House. Okay, I I'm can't angry. get around I'm it. So fucking yeah. done with everybody and their fucking there retarded he goes. nonsense. He's turning. You're, you're, oh, here well, he why, goes. He's why going do I, red. I want to go through half my adult life arguing with people who've been Jesus. lied to by the government? I've never it's seen insane. a person. You're like hot stuff. The little they, devil. They always kid. go like, well, why would they do? Why would they? God. I don't know why they lie about secondhand smoke. You're, why? 
You, you, we don't know they lie about tons of shit all the time. The fucking food pyramid was backwards right. the entire time. They fucking lie about shit all the time. Well, just the, what fact the question it was a is, is why are you listening to them? Yeah. I mean, she literally, she goes, she goes, well, then why would they do it then if it wasn't <laughs> bad? I was like, I, did we just get done with COVID? You didn't ingest yeah. all those lies? Well, didn't, didn't Al Gore say uh, the the New York and Florida was going to be underwater yes. like 10 years ago? Every nine yeah. years, they give us four more years. Before, yeah. yeah all the people that yeah. say California is going to be underwater, yeah. all are the ones who buy multi-million dollar homes in Malibu. Yeah. And as I've said a million times, you want to buy on one side of PCH, you want to get on the hillside, save same house, you'll save $15 million. Yeah. You want to move to the other side where you're on the ocean? Yeah. You just add add another $15, 20000000 million <laughs> right. to the price. Yeah. Those people, it's not a bunch of fucking Ted Nugent listening yeah. MAGA guys. It's all the wokesters yeah. are the ones that are paying the extra $20 million to live Right against the sea. Yeah. That they say we'll swallow it's going to swallow them. Yeah. So what do they know? Well, what about acid rain? When I was growing up, they were saying 300 lakes a day are going to die mm. from acid rain, mm. lose their pH balance, neutralize the water, yeah. kill the plant life, in essence, destroying the amphibians and now, the reptiles. Now who's turning red? Fridge. Who's turning <laughs> red I'm turning fucking red. I'm turning fucking Baskin-Robbins mint chocolate that chip. That's acid how mad rain I don't have a... enough blood in me to turn red. I'm going to faint any second. Acid rain was a huge thing that they never talk about right. it anymore and yeah. we were we were given to canada i used to i used to, <laughs> it was the end of the world back then i'd, I'd say uh now I, it's gone acid rain sounds like the worst thing ever when did you ever hear of acid rain in the last 20 years gone. Yeah, and yet it was gonna kill everything no, they've moved on yeah they've moved on to whatever they're trying to fucking scare us with now that's yeah. a now what they have to do is they have to move on Every once in a while, we moved on from secondhand smoke to vaping kills because they because after 30 years of nothing, they have to move it on because yeah, oh nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I used to say to my Canadian friends, uh, we gave you acid rain. You gave us Alan Thick. I think we got fucked. <laughs> God rest his soul. Yeah. Miss him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. Now I'm sweaty. Dude, like seriously, like you think I'm joking? You turned beet red. Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm angry. I'm so fucking done with all the lies, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. I want to talk about but your here's anger. The thing. I want to. I, I want to say something. talk about your pigment change like a <laughs> can chameleon. I, can I, can Have I you say ever seen this? an octopus on the bottom and it changes colors? You yes. literally changed color. You can, blended can in that? with that red slash on the back of your sign. Let me use this as an example. Like part of your face was gone. It was just I'm that angry. We'd offer him a face cream for it, but he wouldn't if, use it. If yeah, you want to be it. in a fucking religious cult where you think the rapture is coming, and every six months you and your other cult buddies just get your lawn chairs and your triscuits and go up to the top of Mount Pinos. Waiting for the rapture. The raptures are already here. That Have you never, not seen never Jurassic comes. Park? It never. <laughs> That's a raptor. Oh, well, you know, piccolo, piccoli. Pickle. You're right. You're waiting for the rapture. And you and your cult buddies yeah. want to go to the top of the mountain and wait <laughs> on Friday night. Because the rapture's coming. Can we just Saturday go to the morning. mall? A mountain's a lot of I'm work. I'm saying in this, this is what cults. Age. There are cults that do this. Okay. They, they do the math. 
with the Bible or the scripture or the Old Testament or something. They figure it out. They go, now we're all just going up to the mountain and we're going to wait. And then they wait. And then some point Sunday morning comes along and they get hungry and they come back down the hill. Yeah. If you want to do that and you want to be in that cult, that's your fucking business. Yeah. But I don't want to be in your cult. Right. And the problem is, is with all the fucking misinformation and all the lies and all the bullshit, I now am indoctrinated in your cult because I surround myself with nutty cult members who buy into all your shit. And now I can't walk down the horse trail without some bitch telling me to pull up my mask. They're in the cult. I'm getting harassed. So it's like I get dragged with you to the top of this fucking mountain to wait for the rapture. I don't believe in it. And it's never going to come. And it doesn't affect me except for now I'm being affected because you guys have been infected. Adam, That's what I'm saying. You're a turnip right now. Oh. You are a red <laughs> fucking turnip. Simmer down. Well, I'm, I don't want to have to turn up on the mountain. Drink some head and shoulders. Oh. Drink some something. Like maybe you should be drinking your shampoo mm. as a kind of a relaxant, a All stimulant. Right. All right. Flush out your insides. I just got sucked into a COVID cult for three years that I never wanted to join. Well, we had That's no choice. Yeah. We could have done something if well, you yeah. cult members had fucking denounced your association with the cult, but you didn't. You, ra- you ran happily into the cult and then wanted to yell at anyone who didn't want yeah. to join your retarded cult. Yeah. We could have. And you yeah. go, who would lie? Like, who would lie about vaping? Like, why would the government? I don't know. You didn't just have... Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, live for three years, or Fauci, or whoever, whoever's running LA. You didn't, you didn't feel like they were just lying. You know, like they knew what was going on. I, my son counts every day before he goes to summer camp, and on the last day, I said, no, you don't think she's lying? It's when just, she says life that, life is a series of lies. Adam. Yes, so yes. Smarten they, up and don't listen to them. You I cult know, this. But I just don't get shampoos in there too, huh? <laughs> shampoo's a lie. Yes. Yeah, I mean the, the cavemen didn't use shampoo, and their bodies were ninety-eight percent hair, and they did okay. You know who has the best hair? Who has the best head of hair Kenny in G. Los Angeles? Kenny G. No. The homeless population. Well, I don't <laughs> they know. They have the best hair. I they yeah, believe, no, all they do on. is fucking Watch fentanyl. Are they no. eat out of trash cans and do fentanyl, and then we're out here rubbing in the Rogaine, and we got no hair. They got all the hair. Dude. The 65, 70-year-old dudes <laughs> with a huge mop of hair. Yeah, but Why? A, because they don't shampoo. Yeah, but there's they a cob of corn in their hair. There's a cob of corn and a <laughs> can a of Campbell's mushroom. in their hair. Yeah. And they got, but they always have the most hair. Yeah, they may have the most, but if you ever lose your car keys, just go into a homeless guy's I'm hair. I found you, my couch in one of them the other day. Who has the most hair and uses the least shampoo? Answer, homeless. <laughs> so let's do that math, Harlan. No, no. The homeless hair is not pretty. It's I, the biggest, though. It's the most. I went over and sniffed your hair. It actually smelled good and clean. Surprisingly, I don't think a guy at the corner of La Brea and La Cienega is going to have a hair that smells like pottery barn blueberry cranberry candles. We would it's probably going to smell the, like The homeless a, would benefit if their hair fell out. It would? Yeah, they would well, no. well, then we'd be stepping all over it on the side. <laughs> I don't want to trip on a ponytail with, with a cob of corn in it. 
I see homeless people, and they have a huge mop of hair. All everything else is falling completely apart. And teeth are falling out. What about Joints their pubes? Giving, pubes gone. How do you know? <laughs> oh, you freak! Oh, I'm blowing this busted. homeless guy. Yeah. Well, he had such a crazy <laughs> head of hair that I just became attracted Let me guess, to him. You shampooed his crotch before oh. you. You won't shampoo your own hair, but you'll shampoo a homeless guy's All right, crotch. Everyone, they're lying to you about everything, and here's how they do it. They get the women, then they get the women on their side, and then the women enforce all the rules, and they go, oh, it's so gross. If you don't, if you ever talk to a woman, I go, what about, I don't use shampoo. Oh, it's so gross, so gross. They always get in. They're the enforcers. They're the shoppers. Who buys all the fucking Purell? Who buys all the fruit wash? Who oh, buys yeah. all the shampoo? That's what they do. Do you use soap? Nah, not, no, not really. Can I smell your armpits? I got another place. Oh, oh you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, we got to do news. I mean, Dolph Lundgren's going to be here. Okay. I like to kind of get my composure before Dolph mm, comes yeah, in. Yeah, you can't be all red around no, Dolph because he's, he's Russian. He's a big star. He's Russian. Yeah, you don't want to oh, be red. That's a right. Offense. Have yeah. you had Dolph Lundgren here? I don't think he's Russian, by the way. Well, he acts Russian, so that's <laughs> good enough for Russian. me. Yeah. Have you had him in? Uh, yeah, I've interviewed Dolph before, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to snap my head off. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm trying to think. He he zoomed in last time, so when oh, okay. he said you had him in, I'm sort of. Hey, but listen, when you pass him in the hall, don't don't bother him. Yeah, he doesn't know who you are. Yeah, just take my word for it. He's okay. a big star. <laughs> okay, so don't okay. hassle him for a picture. Do your fake Rocky accent or anything. Just okay. leave leave the man be. I don't intend to ever meeting him. <laughs> okay, relax. <laughs> Jeez. All right, we should take a break then. Yeah, you need to. I'm you, need to you need to like. It's, have you ever seen a thermostat when it goes up into yeah, the red? Yeah. You need to cool down and let the red yeah, fade out of yeah, your face. You're, yeah. I'm. I'm excited. You're like Beelzebub. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm animated. You're right. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dial it down. Yeah. I just saw Dolph walk by. So. Okay. Don't talk to him. <laughs> I won't. And don't even establish eye contact. No, I won't. Remember when you came in to say hi Dolph who? today? Yeah. And I didn't look at you? I walk into Adam. I go, hey, buddy. I put up my fist to give him a a, a, a fist pump. He's not even looking and kind of half puts his fist out, misses my yeah, fist because he's contact. not looking. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to stop him. I say, will you stop and look in my eyes? And then he and then he finally did. Yeah. So don't do that with Dolph. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of okay. what I'm saying. Thank you. All right. Well, quick break. We'll do some news right after this. Hey, it's Adam Carolla. And this is Dr. Drew. We are changing things up for the new year, and we want you to end the week with the two of us. That's right. Brand new episodes now on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of each week. So sequentially, thank you and mahalo. Let me tell you about the wellness company, Medical Emergency Kit. Almost 90% of pharmaceuticals are produced outside the U.S. Will you have what your family needs in the next crisis? With recent outbreaks of respiratory illness in China and white lung syndrome in the U.S., you need to be prepared with the wellness company's medical emergency kit. Eight life-saving medications, including amoxicillin, z and ivermectin, along with a guidebook for safe use. The wellness company's chief medical board, well, that is Dr. Drew. You know Dr. Drew Pinsky. And Dr. Peter McCullough, the guy who was right about everything covid and other truth tellers are on that board as well. And they're rooted in empowering you to take control of your health. The wellness company's medical emergency kit from tick bites to COVID to bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Am I right, Dawson? 
Go to TWC.health slash ACS and grab your medical emergency kit right now. That's TWC.health slash ACS. Code ACS saves you 10% at checkout. Don't wait until you need it. Take control of your health today with the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit. As we venture into our 15th year of podcasting, here's another memorable moment from the Adam Carolla Show's Ace Awards Archives. I did a, uh, a benefit for Bernie Saunders the other night. Saunders? Saunders. He's What's Canadian. his name? Sanders, but you're Sanders. Canadian. If he grew a white goatee, would he be like Colonel Bernie Sanders? <laughs> and his platform would just be chicken and coleslaw? <laughs> that wouldn't be very sturdy. I think everybody should uh, have uh, their own uh, fried chicken and some uh, coleslaw. That's what I think. But he's mm-hmm. got that crazy, that crazy uh, hair. He's got that, like, Saunders has the Dairy Queen blizzard do. Right. It looks like someone went into his house, installed nine ceiling fans, put them on full blast, and he, he doesn't know how to turn them off. <laughs> I think my hair's uh, it's blowing all around. Now for some new memorable moments, let's get back to the Adam Carolla Show. Harlan Williams got shows, man. He's flying... First class to West Palm Beach, Florida. It's going to be at the Kennel Club February 2nd through the 3rd. God, I can't remember who said it to me just recently, but they're like, Harlan is one of the funniest stand-ups out there. Wow. Yeah. I, I wanted agree. to get him a helmet, but uh, ah. I agreed. Harlan does great stand-up. And it's going to be Hyenas Comedy Club. That's coming up February 9th through the 10th. and then In it, Dallas. I've never <clears throat> been to... Have you ever been to the Hyenas in Dallas? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm excited. I love <clears throat> Dallas. And and, a, but it's just the history there. I mean, that guy that shot the KFC and all that. It's oh, really... yeah. Yeah, you should go. and look at the world's worst monument. Have you seen the, the Kennedy Monument? You missed there? what I said. You went to Dallas. The guy shot the KFC. Yeah, and why are your glasses fogging My up? head is so hot. <laughs> my, you literally have literally, condensation on your glasses. My like, brow. Dude, calm the fuck down, Corolla. <laughs> fucking calm. Yeah, if, you, if, you were, if we're looking at the pride flag right now, you're the red. Okay? Uh, like, calm the fuck well, down, you're the bro. brown, so how about that? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just use our glass, Harlan? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Harlan. You That's set what me caused off. all this. You set, you set me <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What do we got? All right. So police in Los Angeles, uh, they were searching for a group of alleged dog nappers who drove off with a French bulldog while its owner clung to the hood of a car. Um, the yeah. video of this. So the theft was reported um, outside of a whole. So this woman was outside of a Whole Foods market. She feels her dog wandering away. She looks up and there's a woman holding it who mm-hmm. jumps into a car. She gets in front of the car to stop them. They just drive into her. She's on the hood. And you can watch them driving down the street as she's holding on the windshield wipers. And they're this speeding, car, too. Speeding, yeah, speeding yeah. across the intersection. Wait, mm-hmm. where's the dog? In, in the, the car. back seat, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, uh, in the car, she said she saw three women, and then there's a guy driving. She said the three women were black and fat. <laughs> I thought. Wow. By the way, when She's just, descriptive, yeah. Well, you got to look. I mean, we do this thing where it's like, well, we can't really say what race they were, like what shape they were, because that's like, that's like black and fat. That's like 0 for 2. But if you're looking for somebody... I think you, the proof you have to sort of describe what they look like. The proof is in the pudding. Those wheels are squished right into the rims. Look <laughs> yeah, at them. There's got to be three fatties that thing in that lo- car. Looks squatted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's mm-hmm. something going on. They're some. 
Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, so L.A.'s approach to crime is like, hey, man, uh, don't go out with that Rolex watch on. You're going to yeah. get robbed. Like, yeah. our thing is like, hey, lock it. Don't leave shit in your car. Don't wear an expensive yeah. watch. Don't do a bunch of stuff. But there's an alternative, which is we could actually have a functioning police force and DA yeah. and things like that and then stop crime so well, we could go outside. But. Going outside without a Rolex is is doable. It's not doable to go outside without your dog. The dog has to Well, what to kind of world do we live in where you can't go outside with something that licks its own asshole? You mm, know what I mean? That's like, right. I mean, you'd think that could get left alone. And by the way, a dog napper, why would you want to steal a dog when you're in the middle of a nap? That seems like mm. a lot of work. No, it's like what, it's a play on kidnap. Okay, well, you don't have to snap my head off, turnip face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where we're at as a society now. We're into L.A. We're into dog napping. What's right? the These dog thinking, though? Looking out the back window. He's looking up at the front window. There's his owner <laughs> going 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, well, looks like she's floating. You I'll, probably think she's Supergirl no, or something. I'll tell you what the dog's thinking. What? The dog's thinking... A dog's greatest joy is to hang their head out of the window while yeah. the car's moving. Sure. She probably thinks this person <laughs> is on a pure pleasure cruise. You know Hanging what I mean? out the window. Well, if just putting your Fully head. committed, yeah. Just putting your head out yeah. the window is great. Then hanging onto the hood would be awesome for a dog. Right. You know, in terms of all they want yeah. is the maximum amount of air She's hitting them. She's living the dream. She's living the dream on the hood of that Kia. These <laughs> people that give their life for their dogs, have you ever see the ones that they, they, somehow they fall into the surf and there's an undertow and people yeah. jump, or the L.A. River's flooded, yeah. they'll jump in after like a, a, a wiener dog and forfeit their whole life to help Sparky, you only probably had four years left because dogs don't live long anyway. When they interview strangers, at least half of them say, or they interview people and they go, if you saw a stranger drowning or your dog drowning, yeah. like who would you say? Most will go the dog. The dog, yeah. I would just lie during that survey. Well. I would go, is there a stranger drowning now? And they'd go, no, it's a hypothetical. And i go, well, in that case, I'll do the stranger. Yeah. Why am I admitting that I'm an ass? Well, probably you should. You should? Yeah, I think you, people you should have know a dog. you're an ass. You, have a, you don't have a dog. Do Are you? you an ass? You don't have a dog. No, <laughs> I would save the fucking stranger. <laughs> I don't know that you would. I would. I have a I rich I don't think you'd jump in the water at all yes, because you don't want to get your fucking hair wet. I would You don't want to wash your hair. Tell, I would just <laughs> You'd just stand there, hey, I would, but I can't. I can't. I've got eight straight years of not getting a drop of moisture on my scalp, but have a nice drowning. Oh, no, I go in the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah? And then I shower off with the water, the shower in the ocean, and then I go about my day. No, you go to the ocean, and then you submerge to where the sharks get picked by all the little small... Smaller fish and the pilot fish. Yeah, you have the pilot fish and the remoras suck on your head with their <laughs> suction cup and suck all the corn niblets out of your hairdo. All right, you're getting punchy it. now. You're speaking gibberish. Yeah. So um, this woman, so she, after a few blocks, she's thrown off of the hood, uh, severed cuts and bruises, uh, refused. Uh, to go to a medical facility. She I offered. like the cut of this woman's jib, man. Yeah. Yeah. I would hire her in a second. Well. So over the weekend, they're fielding tips to see if anybody's seen this French bulldog. These are a high commodity item. Remember, these are the ones that Lady yeah. Gaga's yeah. dog walker was shot over, and, they, and her dogs are stolen. So, <laughs> Just the idea that this is a thing means we've completely bottomed out <laughs> yeah. oh, as yeah. a society. We, we've bottomed out 
L.A.'s just hit its bottom that this is a fucking thing. Well, what would have been great is if she flew off the front of the car at 80 miles an hour and hit someone else's dog and killed it. Yeah. That would have been great. That'd be poetic. And then she would have had to give her Frenchie to make up for it, right. and she loses no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So she's fielding tips, and a guy uh, reaches out and says, hey, I... Uh, I know your dog's being held and I'll help, uh, but I don't have gas. Can you send me 50 bucks and we'll meet at this gas station? And she sends it to him. Never, never seen this. Is, she I was have. totally scammed. I, this is, once again, we <laughs> have girl. bottomed out as a society. We bottomed out, Carlin. That's the yeah. That's even lower than yeah. the actual yeah. dog nappers. That's brutal. That is just, you know, open salt wound. That's <laughs> yeah. like, that's like going to the steak shop. Forget the salt. It's the guy with that giant pepper mill just going yeah. like that right in the wound. <laughs> like, yeah. more pepper in that wound, you dog-missing freak. Oh, God. Wow. 50 bucks for gas. It's, that's believable in L.A., but That's Jesus why I just Christ. wish I could turn into Ghost Rider. Like, somebody grabs my dog. Mm-hmm. I just press a button on my leather jacket. My head bursts into flames. <laughs> Give me my fucking dog back. Here you go. And done. You know Hop what I mean? Hop on your Harley with the chains dragging right, off man. it. Like, come on. Did you on. see that movie, Harlan? Yeah, I love Ghost Rider. Oh, really? You didn't have a problem? The first one I loved. You didn't have a problem with the jump? Goalpost to goalpost? In the first one? Yeah. I don't know, but I remember liking the movie. You don't you didn't have any problem with the fact that he had a ramp going up one goalpost and another one on the landing one. Oh, in the in the opening scene before he became the ghost rider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that part. Well, I'm I focusing do. mostly on I remember the flaming like skull. It was yesterday. You want to know why? Because <laughs> your hair stinks? Because they said <laughs> 300 feet goalpost to goalpost. Right. Impossible. Do you know how far goalpost to goalpost is? 300 feet? <sighs> Fucking Canadians. Yards. 300 anything. yards. 300 centimeters. Uh, <laughs> That's metric. Okay, hold on. Let me break this down the way you do it. Let me, I'd, I'd lay, let's see, 3,000 head and shoulder shampoo bottles end to end. That's 300. <laughs> it's 360 because the goalposts are in the back of the end zone. Well, they're in the middle, aren't they? When they kick a field goal, yeah. and the guy's kicking the ball from the 40-yard line, yeah. it's a 50-yard field goal. Right. But wait, the foundation's in it, but then the way field goals work, they bend them forward and then up. They can't deliver. Right, so the, so the foundation is at a certain spot, the base but, then, is but back then the like metal is bent forward, it's so right you're inaccurate. In the no, I am not. You are. Yeah, you watch that movie. It was a lie, Harlan. They said Wait, you're telling me a guy feet. can't light his head on fire and be a flaming skull and still talk? Everything is in question the after the fact that they said yeah. 300 feet. And they, they, the announcer was just underselling the achievement. Adam, That's there's right. no Incredible Hulk, there's no Thor, and there's no Spider-Man. Are you going to be okay? And you sit Don't here, your turn red guy. Dolph Lundgren I, I was an Aquaman. So he was? Yeah, yeah, so don't say Certainly. anything about Aquaman. We have the clip. It's going to anger you. What? This is... Uh, Dolph Lundgren? No. Oh, this is the... I, I'm Okay, show it. I love... Ghost Rider. Leap of Death. Oh, over helicopter blades. That's right. Even. Oh, God, you going to make it. He's <laughs> having a fantasy about his girlfriend. Well, he's over the rotating mm-hmm. chopper yeah. blades. Yeah, he misses her. And he makes it. 
Well, I, I kind of needed the announcer part, not the actual silent part, Byron. They... Wow. So, well, that's the feat. Now I want to see yeah. this movie again. But they're just about to announce it, I think. But, Byron, the part where nothing happens, if anyone's listening, it's a not, lot of not a lot has happened, but the part where there's no audible. Yeah. The, the, uh, but the. Goalpost to goalpost. I don't think if you're going to a movie about a guy who Satan allows to burst into flames and his skull can talk, Mm. you should be worrying about the semantics of how long a motorcycle jump is. (laughs) I think you kind of got to suspend disbelief when you hear the word ghost rider. It was mentioned multiple times in the script. There's a script. And more than once, they said 300 feet. More than once. I'm saying, is there any supervision of that script? Well, when you went into the movie, did you believe in a flaming skull guy? I was willing to suspend my belief. And I wanted to be taken on a journey, and I was yanked right out of it with that misinformation. You know why your head could never blow into a burning skull? (laughs) Something with shampoo? No, you need a helmet. That's why. I'm saying these are the same people that say 55,000 people die of secondhand smoke every year. It's the same. It's all lie. It's all numbers. Yeah. Don't believe them. It always is. Wrote Mm -hmm. Ghost Rider. Hmm? They're those, those are the people that wrote yes, Ghost Rider. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They're on a campaign to lie to you. The lies will never end. They've always been there. You know, okay. it's sad. You like the movie. You like being lied to in a movie. That's fine. What movie listening. haven't you been lied to? Well, Rocket we, Man. Huh? Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Yeah, I really went to <laughs> Mars. Okay. See? <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble. All I right, never let's went do to another Mars. story. All right. So, um, Alyssa Milano over the weekend, oh, yeah. oh, they were talking about Same her way. and uh, something she tweeted. So, she uh, she put up a link with the uh, caption, My son's baseball team is raising money for their Cooperstown trip. Any amount would be so greatly appreciated. And it was a GoFundMe link seeking to raise $10,000 mm-hmm. to help her son's team travel to the Cooperstown Dreams Park mm. for the tournament. Uh, a lot of people quoting that tweet, upset about it, saying, mm. you're Alyssa Milano. You should be able to afford to send these kids out to Cooperstown. What's going on? So they were kind of giving her a lot of flack about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she, she, she also defended her ask, saying, I'm getting media inquiries about whether I financially contributed to my son's baseball team. I've paid for uniforms for the entire team and coaches. I've thrown birthday parties and sponsor any kid who can't afford their monthly dues. Well, all right. Let's let's break down this I'm gonna, game, I'm, Phil. I'm going to jump. I don't like Melissa Milano, Why? but I'm going to defend her. How about her. Alyssa Milano? What about her? You like oh, her? She, her I like. Oh, okay. yeah. It's Melissa, her <laughs> evil well, sister. Well, it's my show. With it's my podcast. Okay. I'll say it the way I want to okay. say it. You just sit there and turn red there, Lord Fortnoy. How about Alyssa Etheridge? <laughs> yeah, okay. You like her? She'll fly through my window, I hope. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's, because she's rich and famous, it's not incumbent on her to pay for everyone else. When you yeah. do do a fundraising thing, it creates a sense of community. Sometimes people like to contribute, and sometimes when you're the big wig with the money, oh, it's 10000 bucks for the—let me take that. Sometimes, believe it or not, the other members of the team— 
resent you because maybe they wanted to feel like they helped contribute. And even if they don't say they resent you, they might resent you inside because like, oh, there goes the rich one again. So if I'm Melissa, I'm like, you know what? I'll contribute. I'll help. But then let's let everyone, we'll do this as a kind of communal community thing, which I think is the healthy way to do it versus someone just saying, oh, I'll do all that, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think she, it's incumbent upon her to pay. Right. For it, uh, but I'm also I have kids, and you know they would go, oh, they're gonna go to Valley Forge for like a summer, you know, thing with the school or whatever. And like each parent has to pony up 950 bucks. It's not we don't go rattle the can and see if people in other communities can pay for our kids to go to Valley Forge, right? Or you can't afford it. And you don't. So what they go, they go, the kids are going to Valley Forge. It's going to be four days. The plane tickets this much. Couple parents volunteered to go to be chaperones. And the bus is leaving the school at noon on Wednesday. Like, that's how they do it. You would never dream of crowdsourcing it. That's our kids. And there's only like 12 kids on the, on the team, right? And she's got to be, I saw the picture. You know, it's a bunch of white kids. Mm -hmm. They're probably on the west side, probably, you know, Santa Monica, Beverly Hills, Bel Air, whatever. I don't know. She's not in Pacoima, meaning the the parents of the average kid on that. And you can get a JetBlue flight for 200 bucks now. Like the the whole deal is parents pay for it. And then uh, if somebody's coming up a little short, then Alyssa and her sister Melissa can kick in and make up the difference. But the kids are probably on the west side. I don't know what the name of the team is. I don't know where they hail from, but... The Grovelers. And, and you know, (laughs) the Panhandlers? Yeah. (laughs) They don't... They're homeless kids. You don't need to go to Cooperstown. That's... uh, Oh, I see. So they were were reaching outside of the community asking, like, people in Ohio and Florida, hey, send us... fans, yeah. She tweeted this. Oh, okay, okay. I thought she was doing it within kind of the local community with all the... Parents. It's and- not. In a, in, by the way, it's I, I, you know, it's kind of much ado about nothing. Who cares? It doesn't matter. I don't. I you know, I like uh, dislike her for other reasons, but this isn't this isn't one of them. But and I don't like this argument, but people do. You have to kind of think about the optics. Yeah, you know what I mean. These are like, I, where's the team from? Like, what are they called? You know, it looks where, like they're called the birds. Oh, now I know where they're. Oh no, and they must play in like the west side or malibu or something the the whole point is is they come from a tax bracket where each kid each kid's parents could just give them 700 bucks and they go to cooperstown well that's being that's assuming i'm assuming i'm assuming you never know you don't know who's on the team i'm assuming you shouldn't categorize it just because they live somewhere and they're white kids it could be maybe there's a kid from the other side of the tracks who's white and and it's a struggle who knows Yes, there could be a kid from Encino. See, I think when you do that with any type of thing, when you just immediately assume things, that's where you create the, this bullshit. Well, you where know, when you assume... You make an ass out of you and me. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what every football coach ever told right, me. Right? They just wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am assuming that they come from a decent neighborhood in a decent tax bracket and that each kid is more than capable of, of parents of paying for this themselves. That's but they're what just, I'm they're, 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 they, they have enough money. They're just low on dignity. Uh-huh. So they're Whoa. asking other people to pay. Powerful. Also, <laughs> Heavy. Um, again, if you just travel like, where's Cooperstown? Is that in Pennsylvania? Ohio. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, you mean Cleveland? Wait, they they, they have they have the baseball Hall of Fame yeah. and the football Hall of Fame. New York, is it? yeah. Cooper's t- okay. Yeah, I don't All know. Right. Dawson, All you right. have to. Have you're a right, chance hey. you're going to be right before you jump in. I it's think there's stuff. a Cooperstown in almost every state, though. It's like Springfield. There's a Springfield in like 30 well, states. Well, sorry, the Baseball Hall well, of Fame is in New York. Okay, oh, like now we're getting... New York or something. That's the point. You can buy a ticket, you can yeah. fly, and you can stay to Motel 6. Now, I don't think they want to travel that way, but a coach ticket in a Motel 6 is perfectly doable. And you can do all yeah. that for 800 bucks. Do you ever uh, stay at the Motel 6? I know you have. Oh, God. Tell us. Well, I'm just asking if you. I know I have. Didn't you meet a gal over there? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Didn't you? You want to burn some material? No, no. no. Guy has me go into my act. <laughs> I thought you were setting you up. No, I was asking if you'd like, because you're the guy that flies in coach. I figure here's you getting off of a Southwest I, flight. You're sitting in coach. I'll you smell you like a... penis. You go right to your fancy hotel, the Motel 6, to complete the package. I, I will tell you this. You guys tell me if this is weird or not. I'm going to Naples to do a bunch of shows. At Off the Hook, right? Yeah, Captain Ron. Um, now, like four shows are sold out, but we're adding some shows. Yeah, uh, low ticket warning. Friday is uh, low ticket warning, and then there's a Saturday matinee added. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So I got a friend named Alex I went to high school with, and he lives in Naples with his wife, you know? And he said, I live right by the club. Do you want to stay? No. Do you want to stay with us? No. And I said, yeah, why not? Uh, oh, now, my people God. go like, whoa, whoa, that's weird. And I go, well, first, he's a friend, and he oh. asked. And then secondly, I won't have to buy a hotel room. And oh. why not? Why wouldn't I stay with my friend? Dude, how old are you? That's what people say <laughs> to me. You don't want your own space. You don't want to watch TV when you want. Go to the bathroom yeah, when you want. I'm, I'm assuming I could use this bathroom. I mean, when I want. <laughs> and do they really want someone's head on their p- fresh pillow slips who's never washed their hair? <laughs> Have you cancer. told them about this? Like, no. they don't want to leave and go, what's this brown mark on the There's pillow a slip? skid mark yeah, on the well, pillow. What are these corn niblets doing on our <laughs> pillow slip? I do travel with my own pillow. Well, oh, no, you don't. Yes, and you I called do. me a girl for losing blood? Oh, yeah. God. For losing blood. God, do you wear your field hockey skirt when you do it? <laughs> You do not travel with your pillow. I do. The hotel pillows are too thick. I like thin. And they the hotel pillows come in two sizes, jumbo and mega. It's all it's all an aesthetic. They don't make a thin pillow. They don't have an oh, option. There'll God. be four pillows on there, all of them nine inches thick. So you're one of these guys in the airport. So if I see you walking through the terminal, which hand is your pillow in and which hand is your Teddy Ruxpin in? Good God. What? I hate people Sometimes like I'll you. leave the flap down on my, on my onesie just to piss off guys like you. Sometimes you leave the flap down on your Teddy Ruxpin, too, Listen, it sounds like. I travel. And that's when you pillow. really turn around. I do the pillow, I do the Teddy Ruxpin, and my Huggy Bookie. That is the only two things. Hey, Adam, get the shampoo. We could use a little lubricant. I don't have any. Shut up, Ruxpin. (laughs) Dolph Lundgren's waiting out there. He's very important. No, thanks. I'm busy. (laughs) No, you're not saying hi. When I don't you walk want to. out of the studio. Yeah. You make a hard right. And you keep walking until you hit your car. You, <laughs> you understand? <laughs> You're not going to bother the man. He's a big actor. I, I won't bother him. All right. Now, is he going <laughs> to pretend like he knows you? That's the question. I don't think he knows me. But he could be familiar with your work. 
It's always amazing when I, I, you know, when you do movies and TV, you mm-hmm. you you realize who's seen you. I remember when Hillary's book came out, what a few years ago, mm-hmm. called Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she yeah. did. She did a she did a thing in her book where she talked about Bernie Saunders, and she goes, Bernie Saunders is like the hitchhiker in Something About Mary. Keep selling you up seven minutes. Oh, and she I was like, referenced cool. you. She referenced me. And then at that point, I, I visualized her and Bill and their <laughs> lover sitting in their living room <laughs> right. watching little old me. Mm. Like this this kid out of the suburbs of Canada and a president of the United States. It's, it's so kind of surreal when you think about that. I mean, here you are growing up. A nobody. I mean, your dad's just the grand chancellor of Quebec. (laughs) Chancellor. (laughs) And and now here you are, Hillary Clinton references you. Isn't that weird? What was your dad's title? Solicitor General. Jesus Christ. Which is the equivalent, I think, of the Attorney General in in the U.S. Absolutely amazing. Isn't that wild? All right. Dolph Lundgren is is out there. Um, Harlan, you should listen to the Harlan Highway podcast. Oh, yeah. You've been on it a few times. Always a pleasure. Watch the, the Harlan Highway episodes with me and Adam. you got to come on again this year. It's a new year. Looking forward to it. I'll okay. come on around my birthday. When is it? The end of the year? End of May. Oh, great. You give me the shampoo. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have shampoo there. You offer I'm, the shampoo. I'm definitely going to have a bottle of shampoo on set. Yes. <laughs> all right. Harlan, uh, Doing shows all over the place. West Palm coming up, Dallas coming up. HarlanWilliams.com is where you go. Dolph Lundgren in studio right after this. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. Don't miss do-it-right deals at O'Reilly Auto Parts. How long has it been since you've changed your spark plugs? Yeah, that's a good question. Replacing your spark plug can restore efficiency and performance to your vehicle. Get better gas mileage as well. And right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get a $12 O'Reilly gift card after rebate when you purchase four more select AC Delco Iridium spark plugs. Maintain your performance and fuel mileage with new spark plugs from O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can also improve visibility with their new wiper blades. Right now, save 12 bucks on a pair of Rain-X Rugged XL wiper blades, plus get two times O rewards points. An extra-large profile and premium features make rugged XL blades the right choice for extreme weather and driving durability. The professional parts people will even install your new pair of wiper blades for free. From spark plugs to wiper blades and more, save now with do-it-right deals in-store at O'Reilly Auto Parts or OReillyAuto.com. It's time for Nicaraguan Name That Movie with Adam's buddy, Oswaldo. See if you can guess which movie this famous line is from. I must break you. If you said Rocky Four. 
I must break you. You're correct. Now, back to the show. Dolph Lundgren himself in studio. Wanted Man is the name of the movie. It's in theaters and on demand and uh, digital. You can get it digitally as we speak. It's co-written and uh, directed as well, as well starring in with Kelsey Grammer as well. Uh, Dolph, good to see you. Hey, Adam. Good nice, to see you too. Yeah, good nice to be shot. back. I, have you written much, directed much? Um, I directed f- four or five movies back in uh, about... 15, 20 years ago, and then I got caught up in the Expendables franchise and Creed, and I did the Aquaman picture, and I started directing again about three or four years ago. But I don't, I don't like to write too much. I just rewrite stuff, so that's why I end up getting the credit, you know? It was a lot of acting going on in this movie. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean, you know, you, a lot of times you let your fists do the talking. Yeah. This is a, a different side of Dolph if you watched a movie. Well, thanks. I try to do it that way. I mean, I was lucky in Creed and Creed Two and uh, Aquaman to get more uh, dramatic roles. I was it wasn't just about kicking kicking butt the whole thing. It was more about like an Aquaman, more of a political figure. And Creed Two was you know my I was the trainer too. So, um, in uh, in Wanted Man, yeah, I, I try to find a character, um, design a character who was who had an arc and who was. Uh, you know, more of a challenge to play. How'd the whole Kelsey Grammer part come about? Yeah, there is a character in there that um, who plays my best friend in the film, uh, an ex-cop, and um, a friend of mine suggested Kelsey because I know him from Expendables three and also socially, and I wasn't sure if, at first, uh, but you know, then I thought. He has a really funny delivery. Everything he does is kind of comes across as comedic or light on on film, and because he plays a character who who is a bit has more of a darker uh, kind of a hidden past, then I thought it would work, and I, I so that's the reason I wanted to use him. So I think we've talked about a lot of this stuff, but um, you grow up in Sweden, you come out here to MIT to study chemical engineering. Yes. Um, the fascination with martial arts and kickboxing and that kind of stuff starts early. Yeah, when I was a teenager, yeah. And I know you, I think you have a fourth degree in one of the disciplines. Yes, in karate. Uh, but does kickboxing start first? Kickboxing kind of used to be a sport. It's not, <laughs> you know, what happened is MMA just sort of gobbled all the a lot of it up. But it was a big, it was a big thing. As a matter of fact, if you watch the movie Say Anything um, from 1984 or whatever it was, John Cusack's character is saying it's the sport of the future. Yeah. And he keeps talking <laughs> about kickboxing. But they, I think they kind of meant it back then. Uh, well, you see, I did karate. And uh, my I competed in full contact karate. So, you know, you wore a gi, a uniform, a white uniform with a belt. And it was an amateur sport when I did it. And then it, it morphed into something called K1, where there was kick K for kickboxing and one weight class. And then a lot of guys who I fought with, who I trained with, ended up being kick, kickboxers in K1. And from K1, it kind of morphed through the graces. It morphed into MMA because they, they introduced grappling to it and put it into a cage. So 
um, you know, when I did it, it wasn't very um, commercial. It was more like a little more traditional art. Do you think you would have done <clears throat> MMA if it had been around when you were 19? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You've probably been pretty effective with uh, that, considering your background. Did, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I could have been. Well, what are the rules for full contact karate? Well, there, there are various types of full contact karate. There, the type I fought was called knockdown karate, and you didn't wear any any protection, and it was only kicks and knees to the whole body and only hand techniques to the to the body so no punches to the face so it's kind of limited in that respect but on the other hand um you have to be pretty tough because you get hit in the body a lot and uh that way you didn't need to wear any headgear or any any gloves or anything um and were you a champion at that I was a champion in Europe, Sweden, Europe, and Australia. Because I, I, I went to school in Australia. I studied chemical engineering down there when I was about 22, 23. And where did that come from? Uh, which? The chemical engineering part. My, my dad was an engineer, electrical engineer. And um, my older brother was a chemical engineer. And, well, the thing is, one reason I became a fighter was because you know, my dad was quite violent to me, towards me when I was a kid, and uh, I got beat up a lot. And uh, as a lot of boys who, who have that, you know, who've been through that kind of experience, that trauma, they end up in either contact sports or in the military or become a cop. You know, it's yeah. and I and I and that's where. <clears throat> Um, you know, so, so I, that's why, why I did karate. And then I think I did chemical engineering to prove to my dad that I was, that I was good, you know, did, good uh, did your dad drink? No, he didn't drink. He just really? had a mental imbalance. So he should have been medicated. I, I found out later when I just started doing therapy myself, um, about 10 years ago or so. Um, because you know the that trauma that I had, you kind of you can use it as a fighter. You can use it in acting. You can hijack it, but just because you use it doesn't mean it goes away. So I had to do a lot of therapy, and I found out about my dad. He could have been medicated, but he he didn't he didn't uh, admit that he had any problems. So that that was his that was his main problem, basically. It's very peculiar to have a guy just be violent that way without any substance attached to it. Yes, know? it is. It, it does. That's true because drinking would be something you call escape behavior. When you have that trauma, you know, say you have PTSD from uh, being in a war zone for a year and you can get killed any day, and when you come back to civilian life, it's hard to be normal, to be relaxed, and you could also get it from abuse. And I thought, my, I think my dad probably were, was abused too when he was a kid. Uh, but uh, one way to escape is drinking, and the other way is violence or sports. So I, I was lucky. I took it out, sort of in the dojo. You know, I took it out that way, not on other people in real life. And would <clears throat> anything just set him off? And he would become violent? Yeah, it would be. I think mostly it was his own life. He, was, he wasn't he was happy with his own life, his own work. And um, 
it could be the smallest thing that would set him off. Like, um, yeah, for instance, Christmas one one year, uh, we were uh, having a Christmas dinner, and I, I, they were somebody poured me a soda or whatever it was, and I pulled my cup away for some reason, my glass away, and it leaked all over, got all over the table, and he would just go, okay, that's it. No more Christmas. Kids, go to bed. No presents. And then he would just like, that was it. That was Christmas that year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and was your mom able to intervene or sort of run interference? No, my, my mom was, uh, he beat her up too. And she, as in any any woman, you know, who's, once you accept being um, being abused like that, you know, you, you know, once you don't, if you don't escape, if you don't run away, then you kind of just um, accept it. And she did. So... She wasn't able to protect us. She was very loving and very kind, but she, she wasn't able to protect me, rather, from, from my dad. <clears throat> was, um, was your dad, is your dad still with us? No, no, he isn't. Was he around long enough to see your success? Yeah, he was. He, he, he got more mellow as he got older. So uh, he, was, he was around when I was you know, doing press for Rocky and... Masters of the Universe and other movies, and uh, I think he was quite proud of me for that and for, for um, uh, you know, martial arts. But but the funny thing is, since you mentioned him, that when I worked on this project, Wanted Man, you know, I played this character who is kind of um, has a lot of bitterness. He's a bit angry at the world, and I kind of modeled him a little bit on my dad. Uh, as I did in Creed too, when I play a father, kind of a really harsh father on uh, to my kid in Creed too, so it was kind of, it was interesting to play, get to play the other side of it, and it was it was uh, easy for me to get emotional for those scenes and so forth. You were, I mean, always, I mean, a real physical specimen. So I'm, I'm guessing by the time you were 15, you probably could have handled your dad. But yeah. on the other hand, he could have been a physical specimen too. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know how that would have worked. But it's a good point. I you know that you're smart because uh, what happened when I was about uh, 13, I started getting too big for him to smack around. You know, I mean, he would, you know, he, I think he got nervous and wondering when I was going to fight back. So he sent me away to. To his grand, to his parents, my grandparents, uh, and they lived in a small town up north in Sweden, and that's kind of how I started studying, getting into, uh, played ice hockey and, and martial arts, and, and I got away from him, which was the best thing he had done, actually. He sent you away to to live with his parents. Yeah. And what was the excuse provided, or the reason that was provided? Because I was becoming a, uh, a, a juvenile delinquent, a thug. I was stealing motorcycles. I was drinking, smoking, skipping school, and and just running away from home a lot. So he basically, you know, he spoke to the headmaster in school, and they decided it was better for me to to leave, which which it was, you know. Leave the school. Leave the neighborhood. Leave the neighborhood. Um, I had the wrong company the wrong people around me some of which uh those guys aren't around anymore and, and they've gone into crime and drugs and so forth so you go relocate with your grandparents yes and how are they 
They Those were, are his parents, right? They were, they were actually quite nice. They were in their 70s at the time, and it was in a small town up north, and there's snow up there. And um, uh, they were, uh, I mean, they kind of knew I had problems, so they, they were a bit strict in the beginning, but then they became like my surrogate parents, and I, I was very fond of them, and they, I think they loved me in their own way. After a while, they started being very fond of me, too. And... Uh... <laughs> I didn't know you were, well, I mean, half raised by your grandparents, right? Yeah. Damn. And then uh, then it was off to MIT or off to Australia, or touring, fighting, doing that kind of stuff. Yes. Then it was off on scholarships to Australia. And then, you know, I was in um, Clemson for a while for a few months on doing some research at the university, uh, at the Clemson University. And then um, then it was off to MIT. Um that was the plan, you know. I never followed through on that because um, I had a Fulbright scholarship, but I never did it because I got into show business in the meantime. Was it people constantly sort of coming up to you because you're aesthetic, saying you should be doing something in movies? Um, when I was in Australia, I started doing some modeling. Just somebody, a photographer, took some pictures of me in the gym with no shirt on and, you know, sweaty and in boxing gear. And uh, actually, those were the pictures I gave to Stallone through a friend of mine much later. Uh, And then I started doing some modeling. And um, when I came to New York, I was dating uh, Grace Jones, who was uh, kind of a famous singer. And uh, I ran into Andy Warhol at a club and, you know, David Bowie, a few other people. And then... uh, and then I'd started studying acting. Well, I went to an acting class with uh, Grace, just watching. And I knew there was something about it that I was attracted to. I think, well, obviously it was my trauma that, you know, something I wanted to express. And um, did some little bit of acting. And the coach, uh, his name was Warren Robertson, who was a kind of a big name in those days. He said, uh, you know, maybe you should try acting, you know. Because you and you're in your looks and early twenties at this point. Uh, yeah, twenty-three. Yeah. Did uh, <clears throat> so, Grace Jones. Is she six foot one or something? I mean, uh, no, no, in in high heels. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, <laughs> five, five nine. You guys made quite a striking couple, <laughs> I would say. It'd be essentially. The best-looking white person and the best-looking black person right. got together to become a couple. She was, uh, she had a hit or two. She sung. Yeah, she has a, had a couple of hits. Um, Were you her bodyguard at the time? Yeah, that, that's how I met her in Australia. I was doing some uh, security work, and I ran into her at a concert and ended up, you know, um, dating her. For a little while, and she, and she was in Australia for a few weeks, and then I had to finish school, and she went off to back to New York, and then I went to Tokyo to train karate at the main dojo there, and she was in Tokyo as well, so I met her again, and then ended up going back with her to New York. She had, uh, I think her hit was Slave to the Rhythm. Slave to the Rhythm, uh, Pull Up to the Bumper. Which oh. one? Yeah. She did, I don't know, house, club, dance, mm-hmm. whatever, sort of before. She did it early. I don't know what she, where she is or what she's doing <laughs> now. 
Well, she is still performing at certain... She has her fans, and she lives mostly in London. Because I was in London a couple of years ago doing Aquaman and uh, Expendables 4, and uh, she was there, and I ran into her in the street, actually. Really? Yeah, in the doctor's (laughs) office, actually. Um, I was late for an appointment, and... uh, Somebody walked in wearing this weird motorcycle helmet. I mean, out of leather. You know, one of those old ones, you yeah. know? And this big scarf around her head. And I was like, I only know one person who dressed like that. <laughs> <laughs> and sure as hell, it was her. And then we uh, we talked and we met and spoke a little bit. It was great. And I met her son, who, uh, when, I, uh, when I met her, he was about three years old, and I kind of, Took care of him sometimes when she went out and so forth, uh, you know. And he he was now forty and in, in her band playing playing uh, percussion. It was pretty cool. Yeah, man, it marches <laughs> on, doesn't it? Speaking of speaking of doctors' offices, I mean, I know you, you just announced that you've actually been battling cancer. Yes, that's since right. Twenty fifteen. So how's your health? <clears throat> the health is good right now. Um, yeah, it's been a. It's been a crazy ride, you know. Um, for a while, it was pretty bad, like in 2020, 2021 uh, is when I was in London. Because I had, a, had surgery in 2015, and then I was, um, <clears throat> then you do scans afterwards and so forth. It took out a tumor and, and then in my kidney, and then, um, you know, everything was clear. Um, and I went to, um, I went to um, to work on a film actually in um, it was in, in um, uh, Alabama and um, and they found then they called me and said they had found another tumor and then I had to have more surgery and then it turned out um, then I was in Sweden actually for something and they found another tumor anyway so I ended up doing systemic therapy which is when you uh, it's like chemo where you take infusions and that it didn't work you know. And I went to London. I had to do it there as well. And <clears throat> this doctor in London suddenly told us, me and my uh, my uh, fiance, um, that basically, you know, I think you should stop working and you know just spend time with your family. And I kind of got the message, and I was kind of serious, you know. And it was, uh, yeah, it was it was tough. That is why I was filming, and uh, I didn't really know what to do. Um, but a friend of mine here in L.A. had uh, went to a golf tournament, um, and he ran into this doctor who was a kidney specialist, and he just said, hey, a friend of mine has got kidney cancer, you know, he wants a second opinion. So through that experience, through that meeting, I sent some do- um, all my documentation off to this other doctor, who's a woman, over at UCLA, and... Um, Dr. Drukaki is her name. And um, she, as soon as I came back, we went to see her. And she said immediately, um, something isn't right here. I, I think you began the wrong treatment all these years. And it all turned these years. out, yeah, oh. for like two years, I'd been getting the wrong treatment. Actually, from the beginning, when she went back and looked at the biopsy, they found there was a different type of. Um, genetic um, DNA and the cancer was they're all the diff- different uh, cells are different you know depending on what kind of cell it is you get a different treatment and I've been getting the wrong treatment because they just assumed at the other do- the other hospital at Cedars actually that they that it was the right treatment and it wasn't 
so she changed the treatment. I got rid of those first doctors, and and within like two months, everything shrunk, and within a year, it was small enough where they took it out with ablation, and they freeze out these uh, dead tumors, and that was uh, the end of last year. So, um, you know, since then, I've been fine. Oh, good. Is it... um... (laughs) Did you change anything? Did you start, you know, eating cleaner, meditating, or what's the regimen? I mean, you look good. You look real fit, Uh, other than good genetics. Well, I started meditating um, uh, about 10 years ago when I started doing therapy just to get rid of that trauma I had since I was a kid. Uh, So I already did that, but I think the cancer treatment kind of just... It brings you into the moment, and it brings you to a point where I, I like to think of it as you're a frontline soldier, and like in World War II, when you, you know, you know, you got to you st- got to stay to the end of the war. Every day there's a new battle. Some of your guy, friends get killed, and but you make it. And then the next day there's another battle. Another got to hit another town, and somehow you have to find a way to function in that kind of space. And I think when you when you have, have when you're going through cancer treatment, you're in that space where death is much closer to you, and you you find a way to deal with it, and life becomes more precious. I think, and that so it's been a blessing in disguise to some degree for me, anyway. So when you do uh, Rocky Four, and it's the biggest movie in the, of the year, maybe in the decade. I mean, nobody did not know you and your iconic phrases and the training montages and yeah. every, nobody it was a great movie but uh is it uh is it help does it hurt i mean it opens a ton of doors but now everyone wants you to be the same person you know which mm. i could see you know it happens with sitcoms people get into sitcoms and they do they have a ton of success yeah. but then they get typecast or they can't get out from under that character so is that is it all good, or were there some downside to it? Well, there certainly was some downside. I mean, look, first of all, you know, when I got the role, I would, nobody knew me. I was not a work actor in living in New York and working as a doorman, you know, so uh, as a bouncer. So I, things picked up for sure. But you're right; people want you to. You know, the physicality was quite important in those days, especially before you had, uh, you had, didn't have visual effects and such. So a lot of the actors who became um, famous, like Arnold or Stallone, Van Damme, Seagal, you had to be able to do a lot of things yourself. You couldn't use doubles in the same way, and you had to do a lot of your stunts, and, and I had that ability, so... So it was it was helpful, but you know, yeah, for sure. I always th- wondered if I had hadn't gotten Rocky Four, and if I would have kept studying acting and gotten some other roles, type of roles, then where would that event gotten me? But but I think it was my destiny to to use my body and physique. So it's it's taken took me about twenty five years to try to. Or to to get roles where it wasn't only physical, but there was a little more uh, drama as well, a little more acting. Let's say. How did people on the streets react when they saw you after the movie came out? Were they did they <laughs> accept you positively, or did they hate you because? They were that drunk, drunken guys must have wanted to fight. <laughs> yeah. Right? 
Well, not too many pick, people pick to fight because you, you're <laughs> not going to pick a fight with the biggest guy in the, in the bar, you know, uh, especially somebody who, who is a karate champion. But people did, they weren't too, weren't too happy by killing Apollo, especially, uh, you know, a certain part of the population were a little uh, upset with me, you know, uh, still am. Sometimes I hear it. I always say, I, 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 Sly wrote the script. I did. I, <laughs> I did what I was told. Hit him, Dolph. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, no, it was it was a mixed mixed bag, of, you know, of experience. But I I do think that there was something in that that character, the way it was designed, where the real bad guy was the Soviet state, and I was kind of Frankenstein's monster. He was somebody right. who was created and did what he was told, and I think that's probably why I ended up playing the lead in other, in other movies afterwards. Not didn't just play right. the bad guy. And I thought I thought Creed 2 was a redemption of, yes. of the uh-huh. character. And so I know there's going to be a Drago spinoff. Is there any news about that? Um, the Drago spinoff, they worked on it for a while at MGM, and then Creed 3 came and did very well. So that is kind of a focus now, as I hear. But, I mean, it's something I like to do. I mean, the thing is, it has to be really good because... I've done it twice, so for me to play that character again, I really think that it should be something that hopefully Stallone could be involved in, and something that's as well put together. You know. Oh, um, is it not written yet? There, there was a script that wasn't wasn't that great, mm-hmm. so uh, it went back in development. Is Stallone the most? underrated or maybe least appreciated uh, maybe man in Hollywood. Not that he's underrated and unappreciated, but his body of work is insane. Most people get one franchise series, if, if and most don't, I should say, but if you capture lightning in a bottle, maybe you get one franchise thing. Him with three or four is, is insane. I, I feel I mean I I'm not I don't know him like you know him I know I've spoken to him a few times he he likes to punch his hand when he talks you know and he starts getting fired up and I think <laughs> I think in his world I think he thinks there's a bunch of guys in Hollywood that get a bunch of credit that he doesn't really get even though his body of work is so far past what they have accomplished right. and I think I think he just feels a little like he doesn't get the respect from from the town not from the people but from from Hollywood in general that his resume again is is you know when you get into the when you just get into the Rambos and you get into the Rockies and it's just all the things expendables, that, expendables and all the things that come off of that um, is that does that seem accurate to you yeah I think could be some truth in what you're saying. You know, it's hard for me to speculate, but no, he certainly is a very accomplished, very successful guy, very smart, and he's a great writer. And and he's you know he was nominated for a best actor twice, um, one for best screenplay and best picture. So yeah, I think you know it's probably hard to maybe it's just tough. Both to be an action star and to be, you know, recognized as a, as an as an artist in this town, it, it, they're difficult. Both things. Sometimes, 
Yeah, now it works in a different way than in those days uh, because now it's more like you win the Academy Award, next thing you're playing a superhero All right. in a suit with five doubles. and <laughs> It wasn't like that before. A lot of the guys who were, did those roles came the physical way. You're, you know, you're Aikido instructor, you're, you know, you're Stagall or you're in Mr. Universe or you're a karate champion or whatever. So Sly came in, he came in through, you know, being an artist and being a writer, he came in that other way. So maybe you know, he does, maybe, yeah, so maybe he feels a little more like, you, like what you said, you know. But, but I, I recognize that, and it's, um, for me, sometimes it's more, it's more satisfying to, to be, have the valet parkers be your, be your uh, fans, you know. They're, they're more loyal and, and loving in some ways than maybe a critic would be. Did he, uh, back, especially when you first met him and you start um, sparring or you start um, choreographing, you know, fight scenes and stuff, did it uh, did it feel like, you know, there's a little testosterone going there? little, uh, who's, the, who's the king of this dojo? Was there, was there some of that? Because guys have egos. Well, look, you know, when I started, I didn't know anything about show business and he, you know, he was already, you know, a big star. So I, he was my boss and I was just learning from him and I was, he was more like a role model or a a mentor, I would say. I mean, in the ring, once you're sparring in a movie fight, like, uh, you, you know, you can't hit the other person. So there's nothing you can prove really. And you can't, you know, it's, you just got to do the choreography. Um, but obviously there, there is a competition physically who was going to be the most ripped or the most muscular and so forth. But, you know, I, I must tell you, I was a bit impressed because I was 27 and I was, you know, a karate champion and, and, uh, he kept up with me and, um, you know, he was 10 years older. So I, I thought he did pretty well for, a, in those days, what I thought an older guy. He was 37. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy now. Yeah. The craziest game is when you go back and you look at these iconic sitcoms or TV shows and you go, Captain Steubing was 42 in the first season of The Love Boat. Like, Archie Bunker was 44. <laughs> you know, like, how young... You're older than all the. I'm older than all the dads in every sitcom and the the Waltons and stuff. And and they seem so old when you're that age. But I think old people used to act their age. Yeah, I think so too. And now they dress it up young. They 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 keep after themselves. It's not not the same. Women would wear their hair totally differently once they hit their age of forty. No extensions. No Real Housewives of Orange County. None of that. It was they they acted their age. I agree. No, I, I look. I, I think what is the '60s to new '40? You know, and it's kind of how how it is. People yeah. are more um, more of active as they get older, and and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's changed to good for us. Were your grandparents who sort of raised you around when you hit that success? My grandma was a gra- my grandmother was around and she was very happy and very proud and I mean I you think- must have been the talk of the village <laughs> <laughs> right you know y- yes she moved to Stockholm this the capital in Sweden after she got older for her kids to take care of her so I met her in Stockholm but I did go back to that little village after about twenty years 
Um, and uh, it was it was a trip, you know, uh, to go back there. And my friends had moved 500 yards across the street, you know, while I had been in Hollywood and done all the other things. But I still have friends up there. So I, I still go back once in a while. How did you find – so I had a lot of kind of loser friends from – you know, a different place than you, but they're everywhere, you know. Yeah. And, and then at some point, I got a little discipline. I got s- some success, you know. But I, I sort of realized that doing it their way wasn't going to work, you know, for me. Like, I was going to have to get out of this area and kind of do a version of what you didn't hang around with people <laughs> that knew stuff and were more successful and stuff like that. And um, some of them liked it, and then some of them didn't like it. Some mm. of them didn't didn't work well. I mean, I have lost a few of the old friends because they thought, oh, now you go on Hollywood or now you make money, you think you're this or that. Um, did that happen with you? Um, to some degree it happened, but also I kept moving so fast. I moved from northern Sweden. I went to, I went to Stockholm, then I went to Australia, then I went to America. So I kind of left people behind. I, I didn't really have a chance to experience how they felt about me um but later in life uh when i came back when i I lived in spain for a while i had a family i was married lived in spain and um when i came back i i when i started doing therapy i started realizing that there were people around me who were who i who weren't good for me you know and i had to lose some of them so i went through that and it was it wasn't difficult but it was uh, it was a bit painful to realize that these people had kind of kept me back, or um, you know, they were kind of using me for their own ends. Did you ever become, as we say in America, douchey? Like you have all this crazy success, you see what you look like in the mirror, stepping out of the shower. You have men, women want to be with you, men fear you. Like you're from a small place. Like at some point, it would be very natural. Your dad was abusive. You know, it would be natural for you to get a big head and get caught up in your own world. Yeah, uh, well, I don't, I don't think so. Not really. I, I think martial arts kept me humble, and I think being in the dojo and all those years. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've, I've had too much problems with that. R- rather, I've been more of a people pleaser all my life because that's another thing you can develop. You know, when my dad used to tell me I was useless and all this. So you, you kind of overcompensate. So I think I've been maybe too nice to people and they've taken advantage of me. That's been a weakness I've had. Do you overcompensate with your kids? Yeah, I did that. I overcompensated because I was gone a lot when they grew up. I was off filming and I would, you know, compensate with like expensive vacations or material things. Um, so, but they've turned out pretty good anyway. So, because I always gave them love, and I always, I always filled them in on what was going on in my life when I started doing therapy and all this. So they kind of have watched me change and and grow. I would say as a person. Yeah, I I hate the excuse that when somebody somebody's dad was bad to them, and then they go, "Well, he's bad to his kids because his dad was bad to him." I always go, "But he knows firsthand the pain." of that and so of all people you shouldn't do it but so many people do but it is nice to be aware 
and just go, I'm not going to make the same mistakes. And, and then also a kind of a, like, I have kids. I would be devastated if they thought I was an asshole. You know, like, I would really feel bad. I, I really would. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused that so many people are okay with, with that notion. You know, like, I don't know. Like if we said to your dad, what do you think Dolph thinks of you? Do you think he'd say he thinks I'm the greatest dad in the world? Or he'd probably say he's scared of me or, you know, whatever. But why would that be okay? You know what I mean? I, wouldn't you be devastated if your kids thought you were an asshole? Yeah. Or in his case, I, I think he would just, uh, he, he would never think that thought. He would find a way around it or avoid it internally, you know, because he wouldn't want to face that, face reality. But no, you. I think you're completely right. I mean, to for your kids to respect you and love you and look up to you and, you know, you have to be firm with them, but you have to give them love and you have to, you know, it's a balance, a fine balance, you know. Uh, they say kids don't do what you say, they do what you do. So you have to be a um, role model to some degree as well. Was it tough? <clears throat> because you come from so much discipline yeah. in especially training martial arts, right? So you you come from a lot of discipline because it's really all we're talking about. It's just mm. repetition, sweating, <laughs> doing stuff you don't really want to do, and then doing it over and over and over again. And so you come from all this discipline. I mean, that's what they call the different martial arts, the different disciplines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right in the, it's right in the title. And then you, I, I come from that to some degree as well. Used to be a boxing coach and that kind of stuff. And then you have kids, and they're not raised in the dojo. They're hanging around. They don't, they're missing that thing. And that thing is what got you successful and, and sort of made you who you were, that discipline, that being able to kind of break yourself, not just, you know, Stallone. And, but it's a weird thing because if you start really getting it with the kids, then we have, we've now formed a society where you're not allowed to do that. But yet it's a quality that led to all of your success. And it's all the guys I know that are successful have this kind of discipline. But you raise the kids now. There's money. There's air conditioning. No one has to go mow lawns to save up money to buy a movie ticket or anything. It's all just on iPhone, right. you know, Apple Pay, whatever. So now you're caught in this place because you're the disciplined person. And the only reason we know your name is because of the exquisite discipline you have. On the other hand, you see these kids, they're not prone to discipline and somebody's going to have to graft that onto them but in some sort of way where nobody really notices because if you if you if you do it in a heavy-handed way you'll be accused of being a, a bad dad and you may turn them against you yeah no you, that's true it's it's a, it's a catch-22 situation you end up in when you're if you have success and like you said, to be successful, usually uh, you need to be hard on yourself. And uh, how do you how do you communicate that to your kids? Uh, you know, I try. I've tried with my kids too. I mean, they're two daughters, so you know that's different than if they were boys, probably. And I'm I'm happy they were daughters because when they grew up, I was a bit screwed up at that point. You know, when they were little, and uh, I wasn't as aware of myself and and how to act and so forth. So, but I think now. I think they've picked things up from me. I'm hoping that 
they can learn some discipline from me and some of how to behave, but also things that I wasn't able to learn from my parents, which is, you know, to 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 uh, to be able to say you're sorry, to be able to change yourself as a person, to be able to examine yourself, to do therapy and those things. That might, for my kids, that's completely normal for them. And to examine, to re- feel like, well, maybe I need to work on this. Maybe I need to work on that. You know, my parents had none of that. So I, I like to give them not only discipline, but something else, too. Was there something to the Swedish culture? Like certain cultures are not really huggers. <laughs> and certain cultures don't like talking about therapy. You know, and other cultures are different that way. Are the, the Swedes, are they a little colder that way? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, they don't talk much about emotions. They, they don't say, I love you. They, you know, they're, they're that way. Um, my kids grew up in Spain and partially here in America, so they they have a different way of looking at things. But you're right. No, Sweden is not known for, uh, you know, great bursts of emotion. <laughs> it's not Italy. <laughs> but, it's, but there are often times when they try to rank the happiest cultures. They're, they seem to be up there. I know. They always say that, but I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm like... Uh, tell your face. You don't seem to be smiling very often. You don't dance. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, there's a few cultures that always get ranked the highest in the happiness yeah. uh, right. rankings. And Sweden's always up there. But but then you talk to them. They go, well, they don't like to dance. And they're not really huggers. And they don't say, I love you. Maybe yeah. that's the key to happiness. They drink oh, a lot. Maybe we do too much. Love you, bro. Love yeah, you, bro. We're showing too much emotion. Too much. You don't drink enough. That's <laughs> oh, that's true. That, that could be it, too. We have a... a trailer of you uh tossing flipping a coin okay which you brought up off the air it's his new which i had not project here i've not seen but you maybe you could set the table for us a little Dolph. you you brought it up i hadn't and i've seen the movie wanted man i enjoyed that but i have not seen this what is this uh this is a little uh TV show I did for Maximum Effort, which is uh, Ryan Reynolds' company, and they they have this new um, uh, Maximum Effort TV channel. And this is a little thing they came and pitched to me. It's basically uh, me flipping a coin for 30 minutes, um, different (laughs) angles, and uh, an Ikea kind of looking set. I speak Swedish in it, and... uh, and it's either something <laughs> for your viewing pleasure, or I guess you could use it to to bet or to gay, you know, to wager. Do you know uh, Ryan Reynolds? Uh, no, I don't know him actually. I just met the producers, and he's but he seems like a funny guy and a good sense of humor. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a nice I'd guy. I'd like to yeah. see you do more comedic <laughs> roles and comedic things because I find you like uh, I mean, you're, you're sharp, you're self aware. I think. I don't know, I think it'd be great if you did Well, let's work let's take a look at the trailer. Thanks. Coin flipping around. Spinning around. Flip the coin. 30-minute show with 21 chances to guess right. Will it be Krona? Will it be... Dolph is just deadpan flipping a coin. coin. 
I think you have. You boy, you have it. Oh yeah, Melan. That's Melan Ackerman's voice. Oh, it is. Yeah, she's she narrates the. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she speaks Swedish. She I, I guess, yeah. I, I, that's what I'm. Yeah. What I've heard. Oh, really? I uh, I had a boxing uh, the boxing gym I used to work at had a Swedish a beautiful blonde Swedish receptionist mm-hmm. and she was known as the Svenska Flicka, <laughs> which I mean it means beautiful girl or something Swedish girl right. Swedish yeah. girl yeah and she was always standing out front looking good yeah sure where was your boxing gym by the way well my boxing gym was a place called Bodies in Motion. Okay. Which used to be on the west side, and then then we opened the one in Pasadena, mm-hmm. and then the Pasadena one moved to uh, Bergnoli's old gym in Pasadena, I don't know, some somewhere mm-hmm. in Old Town, Pasadena. I made a boxing movie as well, mm-hmm. a little bit bigger than yours, really, yeah, a little uh, bit. I mean, look, I don't, I don't. We can check the box office. I don't we'll, know. we'll look after Pasadena. I think I've been to that gym. Is that the old one that's upstairs? There, I there, shot something up there. They had an upstairs part of it. That yeah. a downstairs part of it. Okay. And uh, and I used to be a coach there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had a Swedish girl. And I don't even know her name, but she was a Fenska Flicka. That's all, that's all I remember. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of gyms and beautiful blondes, so Dolph, I want to congratulate you on getting married recently. Oh, thank recently. you. Yeah, and I know uh, you met your wife at the gym, right? At, yeah. And, and uh, in your tractor, you, you talked to her, and she had no idea about your acting career at all? No, no. I was asking for the uh, for the um, boxing room, actually, to use the bag, heavy bag. I was just looking for someone to ask. Imagine Drago tapping you on the shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> hey, she had no idea. <laughs> she had no clue, but her parents okay. knew me from Yeah, Norway, I was wondering what so. movie do you give her to show her like who you are? Because I mean, I, I wouldn't do Rocky IV because you're the bad guy. No, I I, I think I was lucky. Her, her dad was used to be a cop in Norway, so his, her dad was really? an action fan. So, I mean, that, that helped me a little bit. I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> and the only reason I say right. it is because when they interview NBA all-star legend and great Carl Malone. His wife claims that even though she lived in Utah, she had no idea where Carl Malone was and thought he was a mailman because his nickname is the mailman. And I'm like, I think that's a little dubious. Yeah. That's a little dubious. And she's like... Well, I met him at a mall where he was signing autographs. I was like, seven foot Do you brother. see the picture on the... On the <laughs> you, mailmen don't have lines of 4,000 people right. for you to sign autographs while you're dunking. But no, she, I'm dubious. She claims that she thought Carl Malone was a mailman. No way. All right. Uh, that so sounds dubious. I don't yeah. believe it. But <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, she's quite, she's quite a bit younger, right? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's she, in her 20s? Yeah. She, I could believe. Well, First yeah. off, young people don't know jack squat about anything any, anymore. She's There's here, no right? reverence. Wait a second. That, that just means you're young. Nobody knows. I brought up the Merrimac and the Monitor to these guys. They have no idea. What the two... No, oh, Chris doesn't know what the Merrimac or the Monitor is either. See, that old comedy duo? No. <laughs> The Civil War had a battle between the first two ironclad ships, yeah. the Merrimack Line. I'm just saying, it's not hip to know about anything old or anybody old anymore. I already tuned out. That's the well, that's yeah. the new thing. So I'm not surprised if you're... Maybe you're right, but um, 
the young people, they have their own energy, and they know a bunch of stuff we don't. So I, I appreciate learning new yeah, things from her, Yeah, you get too. to learn their pronouns. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We live in West Hollywood, so oh, yeah, you need that. that. Yeah. So you go in to put a little time in on the heavy bag. She doesn't yeah. know who you are, but there's, no. there's an attraction there. There's a spark. Yeah, there was an attraction, and we just... We worked out together for a while. We just friend. We were friends for a, for a, quite a, quite some time actually, and then uh, eventually we ended up dating. But uh, I didn't plan on it because I I came out of another relationship. I didn't want to meet anybody new, really. So I I was just uh, you know we just ended up talking and liking each other. And she thought you were a mailman, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Swedish mailman. No, she uh, she found out after a while. I guess her parents figured out who it was and they told her. But uh, I thought that was cool that she didn't know. It was yeah. much better that way. Yeah. I, it is much better, except for there is a part where they don't talk to you in the first place because they don't know. That's the part you have to factor in. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Uh, Dolph, you don't have that problem, but I'm saying for others, you know, who may not be as striking as you physically, there's there's the chance they're not going to talk to you in the first place. Yeah, well, she's quite a an old soul, as as I think, as I say. So we do have a lot in common, actually. And, um, you know, it turns out that, you know, it's not that different to be born, you know, when I was born or, or 30 years later or 40 years later, I mean, it's it's not 100 years. It's not 200 years. I mean, this is the same. Life isn't that much different, really, than it, than it was, you know. It's just we make it feel that way. But, it, you know, a couple of hundred years from now, it won't matter anyway. So yeah. now, find somebody that makes you happy. That's yeah, all. great. Yeah, congratulations again. Thanks. Is, um, so for you, maybe a little more writing, maybe a little more <laughs> directing. Yes. Lots more. I, is it just me, or are you busier now as an actor than 15 years ago or 20 years ago? Um, I think I'm busier with stuff I like better. Like back then, I was just doing a lot of movies just to make a living, to pay the bills. To I lived in Europe back then for a while, and now I just end up doing things I, I like better more. You know, and I, I, th- I always I think that. Doing the therapy and getting through that and kind of getting over that trauma and everything has helped me to find myself. And it turned in turned out that some of the work I'm offered is more in line of what I want to do, what I wanted to do back then, but I couldn't really. Well, you so because of your success and your physicality and, and all that stuff, you were probably getting pushed a lot of different directions, whereas most you know i'm i worked in hollywood same as you did but people didn't need me to do this or need me to do that they i got to just sort of do what i wanted to do because nobody cared and it wasn't a wasn't a oh you got to do this kind of thing or or that kind of thing and you probably had that way more than than most actors yes w- way more i had very little experience when i first got famous i hadn't i'd studied acting for a year I hadn't done any auditions, really. That was almost like my second audition. And I um, was very physical. And I think, um, you know, I also didn't have the best advisors. And I, I ended up doing a lot of stuff that maybe I shouldn't have done. But I did it. And it was part of my growth and 
here I am. So I don't, I don't really regret it. It was just the way things happened. Right. And um, in, in Aquaman, too, I've, uh, I know uh, Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, you play Amber Heard's dad. Yes. And I saw a report that said that she was only in the film for about 20 minutes, 11 lines, because of all the uh, public mishaps in the trial with Johnny Depp and everything. You guys had to do like reshoots and it was edited. And um, do you think it was fair what happened to her? And, uh, and you even? Well... Whether it was fair or not, I don't know, but it was, I don't think it was very smart from the filmmakers because they had a good script that they shot. They spent $230 million shooting a script with a great director, James Wan, and they should have just kept that. And they should have not cared, I, in my opinion, about what Amber Heard had done you know, in court with Johnny Depp and all of that. They should have just made the movie they wanted to make and basically told the audience, you don't want to see Amber stay home. Yeah, we I don't agree. care. We yeah. don't care. But they, instead, they spent a shitload of money, maybe another hundred or something, to recut and reshoot for a whole year and a half. And I think it ruined the story because it was not as good as it was. We got to get the original cut released then, just like they did the <laughs> Snyder cut. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe eventually it will. Uh, but, you know, obviously, because I play her dad, I was cut down, too. But I wasn't cut down that much. It wasn't so much that it was things were were compressed. It was more like once you bring in a new storyline, you try to intertwine that with an existing storyline. It's very complicated. And usually you end up failing mm-hmm. in whatever you try to do. I wonder if that's a little bit sexist, because I, Johnny Depp was fragged just as much as she was in that thing but we probably wouldn't have done that with him meaning well because she was portrayed as the villain in, in the uh, in yeah the but he he you know he didn't come across un, he didn't he wasn't unscathed in this whole sure. process but i think we're willing to put up with more of it with a guy than than with a girl and i think there's an element of that i agree they shouldn't have messed messed with it yeah how could that work out <laughs> but and spend another hundred million bucks. Well, Dolph knows he's been directing. That's how hard it is. <laughs> Wanted Man is the name of the film. It's very good. I watched it uh, last night, and it's on demand, and it's digital, and it's in theaters. And what else, Dolph? Uh, Kelsey Grammer's in it as well. Uh, and if you want to watch a guy flip a coin for thirty minutes, you can uh, tune in and check that one out <laughs> <laughs> as well. Uh, Dolph, anything we're we're missing here? No, no. It was a pleasure talking to you guys again. Thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime you like. Uh, I'm gonna be in Naples, not Italy. <laughs> Dolph. Dolph was asking. <laughs> Florida. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Working my ass off. That'll be this weekend. We added a fifth show, so you can come out and say hi. Um, until next time, Adam Crawford, Dolph Lundgren, and Harlan Williams saying mahalo. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744 and make sure you get your tickets to see the Ace Man at adamcarolla.com.
Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.